Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Stop doing those diet or workout fads to lose weight. Use the tried-and-true approach from Rock and That Idea Life that helps you find balance while enjoying food in moderation and nourishing your body. Try the Lean 30 program at rockandthatidealife.com and let today be your last first day of your weight loss journey. When buying or selling your home, you need to feel protected. Realtor Mike Burgoyne not only looks out for your interests, but as a St. Louis area police officer, will make sure you feel safe and well-informed with every decision. Email Mike at strikewithmike.com and start the process today. That's Mike at strikewithmike.com. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a doink, bro. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Go-Go Corp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Welcome to episode 19 of season 13 of Let's Go Blues Radio, the often imitated, never duplicated, I wish I knew how to quit you. We're the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Would you like that Valentine's Day quote tie in there? <laughs> uh, I feel like little, that accent also works for, I don't want your life. <laughs> little little mountain love between the boys. Uh, special thanks to our sponsors, rockinthatidealife.com and uh, realtor Mike Burgoyne for once again proudly sponsoring the show. Please check them out. Also, don't forget to check out our t-shirt shop at letsgoblues.com for the very best St. Louis Blues themed t-shirts at a fair price. It is Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. It's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. This is episode number 450 all time, and we're streaming right now on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Grinder for the 14th here, and uh, OnlyFans, why not? Uh, to interact with the show on social media, our handle on all the socials is at LGB Radio. I am Kurt Price, and my co-hosts are for the big show tonight, Bill Day and Jeff Ponder. The agenda for tonight includes a discussion about the Blues uh, coming out of the long all-star break with Wins versus Buffalo, Montreal, and then a loss to Toronto. Uh, Bill Day's Save of the Week, edition number two. Uh, the trade deadline is March 8th, so it's uh, time to start speculating about that. Uh, Morgan Riley uh, gets five games for cross-checking Ridley Gregg after an interesting empty net goal, which we'll talk about. All that in a bag of chips and uh, more. On this episode of Let's Go Blues Radio, fellas, welcome to the show on this Valentine's Day. Are you getting? Are you catching flack for doing the show on this Valentine's Day? I am. Day? Yes. I I was questioned why the hell you guys would do this on this evening. <laughs> yeah, I I got in some trouble. Um, but like I told you before the show, Kurt, I told the wife I'm taking her out Friday night and I'm taking her out Saturday night. So I'm like, you can give me Wednesday for the love of God. And yeah, she gets she gets to be married to you as well, so she should be true. thankful that, just in general. 
I should be able to podcast seven nights a week with how lucky she is to have me in her life. <laughs> she should be thanking your the she really lucky, lucky stars. You hear that, honey? She be thanking me. <laughs> uh, she's gonna come down and kick my ass. She's dr- she's drunk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which you know just makes it all that much more likely that she's gonna come down and kick his ass. Exactly. So, yep. Hundred yeah. percent. It, it may just be you and me, Bill, for the second half of this show. Yeah. I, I might still be here with like a black eye, but you know that's it. All right. Um. I guess. Uh. Congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs. For you football fans out there, for winning the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, you guys don't care, right? I mean, you're on the Illinois side. It's not a big deal to you, right? I I just have a hard time caring about the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. It was was a hell of a game for a neutral, right? Yeah, it was. I love love watching football. Uh, I I have uh, a hard time being emotionally invested with any team now that that St. Louis uh, had their team wrongfully stolen. Um, did you so, see what Emoff said? Yeah, that fucking dumb. <laughs> God, fucking, he is, God, he's a piece can of you, shit. Can you really be that fucking stupid? He's an, he's he's a uh, the liar in chief, right? That's what they called yep. him. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what a piece of shit he is. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, great no, game. I I, I was. loved this game. This was uh, yeah, it was you know. Uh, Part of me was pulling for the Chiefs uh, just because people are irrationally stupid about the whole Kelsey and Swift thing. I don't know. Uh, I, as I've said on this show, I'm not a big fan of of Taylor Swift, but I could give a shit less oh. about the relationship and people and how much they show her on TV. Yeah, the the people that bitch that she's on screen too much. What did they say? She was on screen for 52 seconds during the Super Bowl. I think it was like 50. Two or six, yeah, yeah. Come on, get over it. It used to be uh, Brittany Mahomes. They used to show her that much. Well, here's the deal. Now it's just Taylor Swift. I'm interested in how she reacts to, you know, the Chiefs play on the on the field. Why not? You you flash on the on the screen for a few seconds and go back to to the what's going on on the field. I have no issue with that. That's. I will say the only thing that bothered me was when they won, the first person they flashed to was her. I'm like, no, no, no. Show the players, show the bench, show the coach. Like, let's get to the other people in a minute. That was the only thing that I was like, okay, come on. That's that's too much. Burn that, no problem. Great game. Fantastic Great. And, game. And, hey, I think I've said before, my, my wife's family's from Columbia. So for those of you not in the St. Louis or Missouri, Illinois area, that's about halfway between St. Louis and Kansas City. So they've always been Chiefs fans. My wife grew up, uh, you know, kind of supporting the Chiefs, kind of supporting the Rams. So she's a Chiefs fan fully now. And so they actually have a reason for it. But not that that matters. I think you should be able to root for whoever the fuck you want to root for. So for me, I was happy because I, I watched the game with them and, and we celebrated and hugged and had a great time, had a great night. Uh, as I said before, I'm a Packers fan. So hoping next year will uh, be a even better year than the Packers already had. But still, like you know, Kansas City, they are at this point, whether you like it or not, they're kind of St. Louis's hometown team. Because we don't have a team, hmm. so they're barely in Missouri, though. Barely, yes, that is true. <laughs> oh, the Cardinals are barely in Missouri too. The St. Louis Cardinals. So, 
If you, you, uh, yeah, that's almost actually in, a good point. They're Kansas almost City Illinois. Chiefs are as much uh, Missouri as the well, St. Louis Cardinals and Blues. I guess, well, Kansas City also is, is in Kansas, too, though. St. Louis is not in Illinois. So. There's an East St. Louis. But that's not East. That's not St. Louis. It's different. It's a different city. Now, well, still, it's not. It's, it's not. It's a completely different thing. It's called East St. Louis, just, but it's not. You're just arguing some it's like, now. It's like Virginia and West Virginia. You know, it's not the same state. It's not just the oh, western yeah. portion of Virginia. Trees. I knew Mother Nature. Sorry, Father Nature was a fan of the Packers. Hell yeah, Ponder. Packers got a great young crew on offense. I want to see Cook next season. Me too. And I am loving seeing Jordan Love and his progression. So. We'll see what he does in his sophomore year. But uh, with, this is not a football show. Uh, we will we will move on, but I think it is important. Oh, here we go, 37. Yo, the Battlehawks are St. Louis's football team. Caca! I'm with you, baby. I'm with you. Um, <laughs> I, I, I enjoy the Battlehawks as a sideshow. I think they're fun. Yeah, uh, but I agree. But what 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 bugs me is that if you know when the the conversation happens where people say, "Hey, you know, would you welcome uh if the NFL were to expand, would you welcome the NFL coming back to St. Louis?" And what bothers me when people say, "No, fuck no, we got the Battle Hawks." <laughs> yeah. No, like, I got no. Cra- Crabby no. Goalie, listener, friend of the show, he is like anti NFL says he has not watched a second since the Rams left, which I believe him. Um, we've asked him that and he said, no, you know, fuck that organization. And I'm just like, bullshit. The NFL comes back here. You will be the first in line to buy a ticket to the opening night. So don't feed me that shit. Yeah. See, the way I look at it is I love watching football. I like it. And, you know, because the, because the, the NFL is kind of a shit show with the, the, the owners and everything. It's yeah. I, I, I'm not going to let that interfere with my enjoyment of watching the game. I try and I try and disconnect. I know it's hard. Uh maybe hypocritical. Uh so what? You know, I like watching football on TV. I, I try not to think about the ownership side of it too much. Except when Cronky's involved. Then fuck yeah. him. Yeah. Fuck Cron- Cronky. Fuck anything Cronky touches. Yep. Right. And we all agree with that. Um but no I so yeah let's move on from football. Do want to say one quick thing. Uh again with it being a you know our Missouri brothers uh, over in KC, hope nobody listening to the show was affected by the tragic shooting today. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. You can't go to something like this. Um, I had a coworker. I think she was confused. I think she thought that I lived in Kansas City, and she messaged me today and, and asked, you know, are you okay? Are your family and friends okay? And and I was like, yeah, I'm not in Kansas City. Like, I'm on the good side of the, uh, Missouri. Um <laughs> You know, not the right time probably to make that joke. You're on but, the good side know. of the tracks. Yeah, but uh, but no, I mean, you know, it, it's just, you know, my comment back was, you know, it, make, it makes you think of like 2019. I was down there for the parade. I was down there for the for the um, ceremony. And it's just like something like that happens. You are surrounded by people. Where the fuck do you go? You just have to run any direction you can where there's an opening. So terrifying sucks this had to happen but hopefully uh, uh again nobody listening to this show has been affected by that tragedy i didn't even know it had happened until uh like five o'clock i was mm-hmm. i was not listening to the news today i was just working from home i and uh i just was not i didn't have you know i was actually 
working. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just uh, didn't have the news up, didn't wasn't browsing the web, and I just didn't hear about it until I was like, oh, shit. Damn. I didn't even know. Yeah. I, I was in a meeting at work, and I just happened to catch it come across my watch. Mm. Uh, and I'm like, oh, shit, this is this is terrible. Um, it, but uh looked like from uh, some uh, video, video of the uh, scene that uh, it, it was people That's... in the crowd that tackled him and yeah. tackled the guy and, and held yeah. him down. So, Vig- yeah. Video is uh, Cahokianese. Yes, for it video. is. It is. <laughs> but is... Just so we're clear, uh, is Taylor Swift okay? I think she's, she's okay. Okay. Yeah. okay, as long as she's probably like... a little traumatized, but she's fine. Was she there? There was some speculation whether she's so. gonna be there. Okay, pretty sure she was. Somebody was like, they weren't sure. I, all she... I know said, about the parade that, today was that it, there was a shooting. That's all I know. Well, I heard on the this uh, this morning when I was taking my kids to school, they said that they're expecting a certain amount of fans. But if Taylor Swift is going to be there, they expect those fans to be doubled. Yeah. So not surprising. That's, that's well, crazy. you know what the second most watched event in TV history is, right? The second most watched event. Do you know what the first most watched is? It's not the MASH finale, is it? No, <laughs> that's up there. Number it one is. is the night is the nineteen sixty nine moon landing. Moon landing. Yes, the moon landing because it was broadcast literally on every network. So if you turned on the TV, you were watching the moon landing. Number two, the 2024 Super Bowl. Really? Because, yeah, because Taylor Swift, Swifties, they jumped in there as well and watched the Super Bowl. So it is now the second most viewed uh, broadcast ever in TV history. I know the the MASH finale is up there. It was a big deal. It is. And that was back in the day when there were only three networks. So people didn't have many choices either. So they they were limited. But you Let's know, if I can find it on the uh, subject of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, um, they forgot to do the Biden endorsement at the end. So the whole thing, the whole plan just went to shit right at the end. Yep. Well, what were they doing? Can you, yeah, can't believe to they forgot to do that. They were supposed to endorse Biden. That was that was <laughs> the whole conspiracy theory that was floating around for okay, weeks. Okay, okay. Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Or well, also he was going to trick everyone into getting the Pfizer vaccine, right? Of course, <laughs> somehow, uh, some way, inject it into their veins through the TV. Man, I am having trouble finding. Here we go. Oh my goodness! Uh, it's it's number one, the Apollo Eleven moon landing, and then it's all Super Bowls for the top ten. Really? Yeah, Super Bowl. Oh my God! I'm not even gonna try to do. Uh, oh yeah, about that. Roman oh, numerals. Damn! Hey, look, look at that. Mash is the first TV show after the Super Bowl. So I, I was, I was in there. I was, in, I was, in the, I was in the right ballpark there. Mash is number yeah. eleven. But That's yeah, Super good. Bowl one, two, three, four. The first ten are Super Bowls. Wow. Yep. Well, first one's the the moon landing. Um. List of most watched television television broadcast in the United States. I'm seeing number one is Super Bowl. Uh, I saw that list too. I don't think that was correct. Um, let me look. Uh, okay, so you're looking at Nielsen Media Research. 
the Apollo 11 moon landing was before Nielsen. Oh, so, he, yep. so yeah. And so they said between, uh, they estimate between 125, and 150 million people. Yep. Gotcha. And that would be number so that's one. If, number I, one. If, that's, if that's accurate. Yep. How, how do they even know that? How do they even know? How do you, how do you know how many, if you don't have. Probably just system. figure how many TVs were on at certain times and figure everybody was watching TV at this time. <laughs> Right, because like I said, it was pretty, broadcast on all networks. Yeah, I know. Couldn't but, get away from it. I mean, I, I I get it, but I mean, I that's I don't know how you even know. Uh, look at that, Ken Morris. Uh, your numbers don't count here, Ken, because you were in Canada. Uh, I watched the moon landing live in Nova Scotia. So there you go. When when he typed NS, I was thinking, what state is abbreviated NS? There is no North NS. South Carolina, North, North South Carolina. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, name a state that starts with an S. Go, Sacramento, California. Right, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. <laughs> that doesn't start with South, I guess. Um. Okay. So official beers of episode number four hundred and fifty. You mentioned before the show, Jeff, that that's a milestone show. And for some reason, the arbitrary number that is 450 is is somehow a a milestone because it's like that's what I always laughed divisible about with, by 50. With goalie wins, uh, when Brodor was going, was it after 600? Like nobody else had reached 600, and it was like, dude, you you've already got the record. Like, why does the number 600 matter to you? <laughs> yeah, that's always it's always been funny to me. Like, just because it's a magical even number like that. Uh, divisible yeah. by a hundred, it's like magical for some reason. It's like why? Yep. Why is it because it's turning the dial from the fives to the sixes? I guess. I guess. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I I mean, I'm I'm in I'm on board. I just I want to. Uh, why? I don't. There's not a wrong answer for that. Nope. Uh, official beers. Uh, my handle's uh, at cprice twelve on the Untapped app. Jeff's is Jay Ponder ninety four, and Bill's is Billy Blue Note thirty three. And I guess we're going me because, you know, Blues are playing well. Um, I've got another Four Hands candy bar uh, milk stout. It's the Snickers uh, variant, the peanut butter, uh, the peanut and caramel chocolate milk stout from Four Hands. This is the best one, uh, in my opinion. Have you had these? Uh, we, uh, yes, no. I have not yet picked any up. Uh, I assume they're probably gone by now. Uh, probably, uh, but the, uh, yeah. they were on, they were on tap there for a while. Um, the, the Snickers one is the best one. It's got the, although I'm a fan of like peanut buttery beers. So, and that's what that tastes like. So yeah, it's quite got, good. I've got some time off next week. So I'll, I'll, uh, slide by the uh, tap room and pick something up. And if that's still there, I'll get it. It's good. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like, a, it's kind of like a absence of light, but different, uh, a little different. It's good. Sorry, this this is four hands, right? Yes, four hands. Yeah, I was um, I was out there Christmas break. I went at a bad time, I guess. It was like two days after Christmas, and they were picked over. There was uh, not much left in the cans, and I'm like, damn, I picked a bad time to come yeah. here. <laughs> it's like it's like the line in uh, airplane. Damn, picked a bad day to start to stop to start going to four hands. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I picked a bad day to. Was it stop doing cocaine? No, stop uh, sniffing drinking, glue. Sniffing glue. Stop smoking glue. That's that's sniffing glue was the last one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does it and several times really over. I just watched that last two weeks ago. Ever seen a grown man a naked? <laughs> you ever been to a Turkish prison? There's a, there's a story behind I. <laughs> you heard the story, right, Bill? 
Jeff and I were uh, playing wiffle ball uh, at some I, I know, some family event uh, or, or some reunion or whatever uh, at Longacre Park in Fairview Heights. This was a long time ago, and this kid was 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 annoying me. And <laughs> it was it was I mean it sounds like way more wrong today than it did back then. Back then it was more funny, but uh, he was annoying the piss out of us. And I was like, go away. And he starts, and I'm like, you ever seen a grown man naked? And <laughs> if, if, if someone were to hear me say that today, whoa, right. shit. Local man propositions boy in park. Yeah. He's probably about eight or nine years old. You know, it was, I think you'd have these, uh, the, the sexual offender, uh, tag on your house yeah. at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it's no different than exposing yourself. I guess you got that sexual offender label here for your rest of your life ouch uh okay who's next speaking of uh sexual offenders bill please go ahead (laughs) (laughs) wait two three weeks ago i was the one that did so much for women's sports and (laughs) here we are you really turned a corner in the last i really did (laughs) um i am going bourbon county 2022 uh, just one of Wait, the regular, not a variant. This is just the regular Bourbon County Stout. They they put it in twelve pack bottles. Did they? I didn't know yeah. that. Or is that twelve is ounce it? bottles for that year only? Which year is it? Twenty twenty two. Twenty two. Huh. Yeah. That's that's nice. Yeah. And because that's a lot to drink. Otherwise, yeah, it is. Very cool. From our uh, friends, uh, unwittingly at uh, Global Brew. From our oh. the, the the glass. Oh right. <laughs> well, you know, they, they charge out the ass for that shit. Right. I paid you uh, fifteen dollars for a six ounce pour. Yeah. Uh, take it the glass. How much were those flights? Like eighty oh. bucks? Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was insane. Uh in the chat over on Facebook, I'm sorry, YouTube, uh Winning Unlimited, uh friend of the show, says Bill has a rotating stock of jerseys for the background. Price, Elliot, Wah last week, I believe. Um, yeah, you got uh what who's the uh the one on the well, I guess your right or left. Very right. <clears throat> That's um so it's it's I see a number on that. That is uh so the the winter classic uh, Minnesota winter classic is um David Perron. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. You've worn that on the show. Yep. And the other and the one next to that's it. That's a good yeah. one. The that one next to it is uh the a butte, yeah. as we call it in hockey. Uh the Billy Blue Note. <laughs> Let's go blues radio jersey. <laughs> yes. Love it. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I need to uh I, I need to work on it, but I think pretty soon, guys, we are gonna have some mock-ups for uh a white uh jersey for let's go blues radio so nice i mean Carter, if you want to take a stab at a mock-up you could do we it should, we should do it like the 92 jerseys include <laughs> i agree include I the awesome. st louis flag it's special <laughs> yes we got to do that clearly yeah, let's make it as ugly as possible just to incorporate elements uh, no who cares how it looks spe- speaking speaking of jerseys i did order my jersey for the season finally um, you guys want to take a stab at who I got? Oh my god. Um it is a current player. Current blues player. Blues player? Current blues player, yeah. Tyler Tucker. Mm. Prunovich. No. No. Bill, what's your real guess? Um, <laughs> no. My my real guess would be Jake Neighbors. 
Bill Day will be correct. That's a good guess. I just I pulled the trigger. I thought, you know, that's a guy that's probably going to be sticking around for at least a couple seasons. They seem to love him. So, and I love him. I love his game. So, I got myself a Jake Neighbors. It was between him and Oscar Sunquist, and I was just I don't know. I might pull the trigger on Sunquist if they sign him to another contract because right now he's um he's a free agent at the end of the year. So I'm like, eh. Yeah, I might wait on that, but I I don't know. I think there's a good chance they bring him back for at least another season, right. or he winds up just a bartender at Urban Chestnut, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or he plays for a uh, uh, city. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Yep. Uh, thirty-seven saying sixty-three in the chat. I don't know if you got that in before I actually said it, but uh, thirty-seven is correct. And thirty-seven uh, and sixty-three is one hundred. So just... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Uh, my beer of the episode is, uh, I'm drinking out of my wonderful, whatever the name of that mug is from the, uh, Harry Potter series. I thought that was the, uh, I thought that was the, uh, predator at the bottom. The, uh, predator. I, the, the little, the, that, that head at the bottom thing from the, from, I can't see details. Oh, it kind of, it looks like the kind of like head it. a little mm-hmm. bit. I little see bit. it. I see it a little bit. Uh, no, it's from the bull's head or whatever the name of that place is. Mm-hmm. We added him at, um, Universal. Uh, but my beer is the Urban Underdog American Lager from uh, Urban Chestnut, one of my favorite lagers uh, in the St. Louis area. Also one of Darren Pang's favorite lagers in the St. Louis area. Prost. Prost. <laughs> Should whip out the uh, Darren Pang bobblehead, which is right behind me right there. You know what's funny is that if you weren't on camera, I guarantee you could do that like Instantly, oh, yeah. but you're watching yourself yes. and you're just I've like, gotta, oh, like, I got to make sure I, I get this move right. My fingers slowly in the right direction and you always <laughs> yeah. move it the wrong way. It's like trying to yep. plug in a fucking USB cable. It's mm. like you always yes. get it wrong the first time. You got to flip it around <laughs> and then flip it around again because, oh, it was right the first time. Yep. Uh, all right. The Blues come out of the break with a three to one win over the Buffalo Sabres, uh, personally, well, most fans, I'm sure, were curious how the Blues would play after their long layoff. Uh, what was it like 12, 10, 10 days? Uh, 11, 11 days. I believe. Um, and also following up that awful game versus Columbus uh, right before the break started. So um, Hofer was a net. You guys were surprised about Hofer being a net for this game? I was a little bit, but turned out to be the right call. Yeah, I I wasn't. I at first I was. Uh you know, when I first saw the they released the projected lineup and I was like, "Hofer?" But then I was like, "Well, they are playing a back-to-back." Um I wasn't shocked at all. Uh, I still stand by and and you know, just personally and I think Kurt you agree, I'm pretty sure Bill you do too. Two pretty easy games. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Part of me says you're coming out of a long break. Let Bennington get his bearings. Play him in both games. And I think they could have and would have been fine. Well, but I, in terms of what the Blues do, I was not shocked to see Hofer. I wasn't shocked either. But but with the Toronto game coming up and Edmonton coming up and Nashville, he, Bennington's playing yeah. all three of those. Yeah. And Toronto again. Yeah, that's true. You know, so yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I 
he'll have, he'll have played. He better be playing five straight. <laughs> yeah, you know, with yeah. Montreal, Toronto, That's and now true. Edmonton, Nashville, and Toronto again. Unless he just completely shits the bed no, against I'm, Edmonton and yeah, Nashville. He'll, he'll have to have a bad start for him to not get all those starts. I yeah, think. No, I I disagree. I think he'll he'll get the start against Nashville probably. Um, Hofer. Hofer will um, really. I they they've not treated this as a um, you know an A B situation. It's a one A one B situation with the way that they've run the tandem and they're yeah. they they have a strategy of you know it's, it's not been made public what it is but they are they are running hofer out there come hell or high water and I'll be it's pissed. it's working out great and, and don't, don't think, be pissed well don't be pissed okay. if he goes out and beats uc sorrows no no we're I, due for seven spot on that kid no ho, ho, i mean I, i'm happy with hofer's play i, I am but you know, you you say it's a one A one B. That's enough. It's I mean, we if you were to say who's the number one goalie in this team, it's 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 Bennington. There's no question. He's the number one goalie. That the, the game against Nashville on Saturday is will be the biggest game of the season. And I can't see them putting Hofer out there for that game. I, I mean, I, like I, I can see them, but I will be I will I will be irritated if that's the case, because just because I agree. I mean, it, it, Bennington is as 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 much as I agree with you, Bill. They have given Hofer some starts that you would think, wow, that would be a game that your number one goalie should start this season. Um, this being the biggest game of the season, I you gotta go with. Now I can see them going with Hofer for the second game against Toronto. Yeah, I can see them going with Hofer for that game. Oh, maybe because it, yeah, it's, it's a it's not a division rival. Even though you're at home, you're not battling for playoff position. Even though you're at home, and I still they, go with Bennington. They, I I would too. I would too. Yeah, but I, I can see the team. Well, you know they they beat Bennington four to one last. Or, well, they scored three on him. Uh, we'll give Hope for a shot this time at home too. So, I I would say that if the Blues could have known what Toronto's lineup was going to be in the game yesterday, uh, Hofer would have got that game. It, it was it was basically the Marlies, you know, and Austin Matthews and William <laughs> Nylander. Um, and I, I think that's the game that you would have given over. But coming out of the break, I thought, you know, with the back-to-back, it makes sense. And Bennington has a history with Jake Allen, who is likely going to get the start for Montreal. So it's a good story. Uh, I, I had no qualms. Okay. Um, yeah. And you, yeah, like I said, you got to figure it's Bennington against Edmonton, and then, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see about Nashville, but I'll be, I, I expect, yeah, that, that's that's a story. Now, all of a sudden, in my head, I'm anxious to see who starts in goal against Nashville. And Saturday. Yeah. I can't wait to hear the announcement. I'm like, oh, am I going to be annoyed or am I going to be, uh, you know, okay, that's the way it should be. So I, I've actually set notifications on for when the Blues post a Facebook message. Um, the morning of the game, like I'll go on Facebook first thing when I start work and I'll go to Facebook and I'll say, yeah, uh, notify me when the blues post, because usually their first post on game day is the projected lineup. And so I'm like, I have to know who's starting. Otherwise it's going to be bugging me all day. And if Arizona could score a fucking goal against Minnesota tonight, they lose a one, nothing mm. right now. It'd be great if they could knock off Minnesota. They had one that got taken away. Did they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, they just missed a good chance there. Um, Okay, so uh, the only goal in this game to get by Hofer was uh, an own goal. Uh, 
Kessel tries to clear a puck in the slot, and it goes off of a Suncoast skate. Right, I mean, it went. It went I mean, like three quarters of the way up. I mean, it was like a shot. Mm. <laughs> it was, it was crazy a shot. how it went in. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and that was the only one to beat uh, Hofer. So uh, he played well in this game. Uh, this was the Blues' uh, sixth win in the last seven games. Uh, Neighbors continues to impress. He had two goals in this game, his 16th and 17th of the season. Uh, his second goal of the game with two minutes to go, um, and we can talk about some other goals, but this is the one that, that I thought was – I don't think they praised this enough on the – they did a little bit. This goal was beautiful to me, and it all started with Neighbors at center ice banking that backhand pass off the boards to a breaking shin who, I mean, it, it, that was a very well-disguised uh, uh, play because Shen's breaking up the middle, but you don't really see that yet when, and, and neighbors sees it. He, he sees like three seconds ahead of uh, what's happening and uh, bank off the board. Shen gets it. They come in and then boom, Shen does the pass off pad and neighbors is streaking on the middle and slams it home. I mean, that was, you couldn't draw it up any better as far as the pass off pad goes and then the pass to center. It was fantastic. I, I was loving well, that. Well, and that it's funny you say you can't draw that up any better. They want that's how they want to draw it up. Like that's, that's the type yeah. of play Perfect. you want out of a Shen neighbors combo. And it it was executed perfectly. Just beautiful. And I I think I even said that on Twitter. I'm like that's a perfect pass off pad. Like you don't see there is not a better pass off pad play that you'll see and just Jake neighbors doing what he's done all season. I mean, kid's been incredible. Yeah. He's, he's uh, so dialed in right now. And just yeah. hit the, the first goal too, to have the presence of mind to backhand the carom through the slot into the empty side, beautiful oh. goals. The, and he didn't, so, he didn't just, he didn't just put it in an empty net and no. open side. He yeah. put it under the bar. Yeah. You know, yeah, shelf. that was uh, it's beautiful. No, absolutely no chance for, UPL, no. I'll just call him. <laughs> um, Uso Pupa Pinky Lockinen. Um, there's, there's too many consonants in his in his in his name when people say it. He's like, what? Uh, have you seen that billboard in in Buffalo that uh, like one of the Buffalo hospitals posted? It's hilarious, <laughs> and it's a real billboard. It says like the three hardest things to say. Uh, one, uh, I need help. Uh, two. Um, Thank you, and three, and it was the goalie's name. Luca <laughs> Pekaluka did. Yes, and I'm like, that is brilliant. <laughs> um, so on this goal, uh, neighbors, that was his sixth game opening goal of the season. That's third most in the NHL behind David Pasternak of the Bruins, who has eight, and Artemi Panarin of the Rangers, who has seven. So. Pretty fucking elite company for Jake Neighbors there. Very nice. He's doing a lot of stuff well this year. Um and and he's and he's not shying away from physical play. You know, he'll yeah. he'll, he'll fight a bitch. Uh <laughs> or so, try to. Or try to. Whatever. I mean, you know, the it's, but, it's, right. it's the effort that counts. No, he's he's he is a you know the the character guy all around, has talent, you know, has leadership qualities and like you said, isn't isn't afraid to fight a bitch. <laughs> uh, Buffalo is going to miss the playoffs uh, this season again. Again, again. be their thirteenth straight season without making the playoffs. Um, Ridiculous. Tage Thompson, after a ninety-four point season last year, 
which was a contract year, has 29 points in 42 games played this year, which is the first year of his new contract. He's fallen off a chunk from last season. He was hurt for a little bit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, you know, and every time, you know, so, so Thompson was, if you remember, was part of the trade that brought Ryan O'Reilly to the blues in, uh, 2018, 2019 season, uh, and O'Reilly right away led the blues to the Stanley cup, won the con Smythe for the most valuable point in the playoffs and Thompson, and the Sabres have yet to make the playoffs. I think in close last year, but, um, so, and I always feel feel I used to feel bad for Sabres fans because you know how much they've they're they're fantastic hockey fans it's a fantastic hockey market up there and they're just given this shit team that should be I mean you finished out of the playoffs 13 straight years you should have a treasure trove of good players that you've drafted and they have drafted some good players but it just hasn't worked right right and I I expect after this year that uh, Thompson's gotta gotta go the Eichel route and force a trade because he's, cool. you know, he's Can super talented player, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's just not coming together for them, you know, whether it's whether it's an injury or whatever. They just like look at the last few seasons; their October's have been super solid, except for this yeah. year, probably. Weird? And then they just fall flat, and you know, they, you know, Granado got the promotion a couple of years ago because he, you know, he was able to keep them going a little bit longer, still couldn't make it. And now, you know, this is what his third or fourth season be on the bench. And they're just, they're flat. They're, yeah. they're done. Floundering again. Yeah. Yep. Agree. Terrible. It's 10 PM. Do you know where your children are? We, we will. It's 10 17. <laughs> we, Do you know where your children we really are? We need like a, a, a change, change the audio saying it's after 10 p.m. Do yeah. you know where your children are? Or we just need a producer that could remind yeah. us that it's 10 or, p.m. Or just some one of us set an alarm and, or what well, may yeah. I should just yeah, set an we alarm. Sh- I need to set an alarm. I used I to. Need to. You know what? I can do it on my watch so it doesn't make noise. So I'm going to do that. I will set the alarm. <laughs> um, so uh, one more comment about Jake Neighbors I wanted since he, he wanted to talk about after his second goal. In the past 30 years, only four Blues players have scored as many goals in a season as Neighbors at age 21 or younger. Jaden Schwartz had 25 in uh, 2013-14. Patrick Berglund, everyone's favorite, 21 in 2008-2009. David Perron, uh, aforementioned, 20 goals in 2019-10. And then Robbie Fabry had 18, 2015, 16. So Neighbors right now is sitting at, what do we say, 17? Is that right? Goals? Yes. 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 Yeah. So, I mean, and we've got lots of season sure. left. So there's a good chance that at age 21 or younger, the benchmark is Jaden Schwartz with 25. We'll see. I mean, he's got a chance to surpass that. Uh, Hofer just out 33 or 34 shots in this game. So uh, he played quite well. St. Louis was one for two in the power play. Buffalo was 0 for three. So St. Louis's power play uh, continues to uh, do good things. Have been great. They, they flashed the stats up. I don't have them in front of me. Uh, the Blues under Bannister versus under Barube. As far as the power play goes, it was like 8% under Barube. And it's been like... 28 or 30. I think it's I think it's 27.8 yeah. but I could under be wrong on that. under banister which I mean you talk about it's tripled, right? It's over tripled. So fantastic was 
<laughs> just read it later. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Okay. Read it later. Breaking news. I'll read it later. Yeah. Uh, so this, I guess this, uh, we're gonna go, we can go, we can take a break now. Let's just, yeah, let's do okay. it. Okay. Uh, we can go on, look for our kids. We are, yeah, <laughs> good we idea. Don't know where they are. Uh, on the other, we're due for a break. So on the other side of this break, we'll talk about the uh, Blues uh, against the Canadians, which there's a lot to talk about in this game, um, and it's not all the goals. So, uh, and then we'll uh, also talk about the Toronto game, among other things. You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. We'll return after these messages. We've all tried a diet or workout fad at one time or another, but it always ends the same, right? We either lose the weight and then get back to our routine, but then put the weight right back on, or it just simply never takes hold. It's time to move into a habit-based program that focuses on organization and simplicity. Rockin' That Idea Life's Lean 30 lays it all out for you with the correct food to eat, how to meal prep, and even sprinkles in plenty of healthy recipes. With Lean 30, you'll get the full ID Life arsenal, including energy for that needed kick, a tasty nourish shake for your needed fiber intake, Slim Plus to help control your cravings and provide a metabolic boost. Lean capsules help bust those sugar cravings and IED Nutrition gives you the added punch you need that takes the guesswork out of what supplements to take. Join the many who are seeing success and make this your last first day on a new program. Visit rockandthatidealife.com to get started and remember to email Dustin at rockandthatidealife at gmail.com for an extra 10% off exclusively for Let's Go Blues radio listeners. Start your transformation to the confident, vibrant person you've always wanted to be with rockandthatidealife.com. St. Louis hockey fans know how it takes a reliable captain and a team of hard workers to achieve major goals. As a police officer and a hockey player, realtor Mike Burgoyne would wear the C in any situation. As a leader in the home buying or selling process, Mike has surrounded himself with a team of trustworthy inspectors, lenders, and escrow officers that work together more cohesively than Hall & Oates. And as a member of many teams in his life, Mike knows the service are first responders, veterans, nurses, teachers, and yes, even you let's go blues radio listeners provide the community so he offers special rates to those individuals find the value in mike's leadership and teamwork today by emailing him at mike at strikewithmike.com or calling 314-753-4060 he'll work closely with you and only show you the homes that match your goals that email again is mike at strikewithmike.com or call him at 314-753-4060 and succeed with your new teammate today and now, back to Let's Go Blues Radio, the longest-running St. Louis Blues podcast with Pri- Pri- Price, Ponder, and Day. Uh, after the uh, Blues and Sabres uh, game was over on Saturday, the Blues played the uh, following day, Sunday afternoon, uh, and beat the Canadians 7-2, to two, which was, uh, you know... Uh, Second half and back to back, you never know quite what to expect. Uh, Bennington was in net for this game, obviously. Um, there was there was a period in this uh, in, during the Super Bowl. I thought, man, the Blues might have more touchdowns <laughs> than the Chiefs. There was a, that, that's what the Blues the Blues <laughs> social media account tweeted, yeah. uh, tweeted that though at, at, at halftime, right? Yeah, at, at halftime, halftime, we are the only Missouri team to have scored a touchdown today. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah. Beautiful, it's funny. Uh, Torpchenko got the Blues started uh, 25 seconds into the game with a sick goal. You see players try this sometimes, and uh, usually it's shut down, but 
he did the old uh, uh, walk a defenseman wide uh, puck between the legs uh, from you know back to front, and uh, then walk him wide, then cut in front and tucks it around uh, Allen and far post as Allen. I'm, I mean, I, we have a goalie uh, analyst here, but I'm just going to say that he looked ridiculous on this on this play <laughs> diving out trying to poke check which you know not the best move i guess but whatever yeah um, no terrible form all around um like gave up half the net with whatever yeah. he was trying to do there yeah I, I i didn't yeah that was i didn't catch it really like when it happened i was more watching torpchenko and and how well, the puck went in on the replay i saw that oh he went for a poke check oh he was diving oh what is he doing <laughs> Yeah. It just, he played, how many how many times did we say that in a, when he was in a blues? Jersey? I mean, he just put himself. What in is he doing? I I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah. I'm I'm not gonna let Ponder mow my lawn on this one. Uh vintage February Jake Allen. Yeah. This <laughs> oh, we saw plenty of that like uh, January, February with him here. So um he forgets this, how to hockey. Fantastic goal, though. I mean, what oh Jake, Jake Allen's oh, gaff takes nothing away from Torpchenko's efforts here, but this was amazing. And Torpchenko has turned well, into quite the goal scorer lately. Uh, yeah, I mean, they. Uh, oh God, thirty-seven. Um, all right, sorry. Quick, quick tangent. Thirty-seven. For those who don't know, is my goalie uh, on our H and A team. And uh, yeah, Bill, you will love hearing about the poke check <laughs> our goalie made. It was a beautiful poke check. It was just one of those distances where was it a Rudy poke check? poke check? It was not a Rudy poke check. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, no, Very so nice. he, so the guy was coming in from the wing, cut to the middle, was coming in front, and our goalie laid out, threw his stick out there, total, I don't know, Mar- Marty Brodeur style, like great poke check, but the puck hit off his stick, just arched and went over our goalie and then just arched right into the net. Mm. And it was like, he was mad. And I skated up to him and I was like, dude, that was a great fucking poke check. Don't be mad at yourself. That's going to happen one time out of a hundred. <laughs> right. And and I know, I know the whole time he's been thinking, could I have gotten my back skate up to, to stop it from going ah, in? Right? Oh, that's that's, that's, that's what, yeah, that's what runs through our, our minds. And, <laughs> you know, that's all the pros are, you know, are, are the ones that are able to do that now. Right. It, it's just, yeah, I've, I've had, I've had a few of those in my day. Um, you make the poke check and it goes off of, you know, mm. uh, you're trying to put it to the corner and it hits your defenseman skate and goes yeah. in or, yeah, it, or oh, like you said, yeah. pops up and just goes straight over. It's always the goalies who do everything right, but the defenseman fuck it up. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I've, right. I have never had a good defenseman in front of me in my life. <laughs> oh, well you never played with That's, me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I know. I'm terrible. And, uh, I'm terrible right. 37 played in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I that was I, again. I mean, you got to have the reach to be able to pull off a move like Tar- Torpchenko did, and uh, just you know he uses that big frame so well, and I think that's why Baruby loved him so much when he first came up and was like, you know, I think Armstrong when they had that injury uh, to start the year, he was even like, he's a rookie, but we're going to miss him, and it's just because he's got that great reach, he's got yeah. great hockey sense. You just you see the way he plays sometimes, and he's into one of those stretches now where it's like, if this guy could just find out more offensive instincts just a little bit more, he'd be a 20-goal scorer. 
It's just, I, you know, his hands are a little slower. He doesn't have the foot speed, but man, when he pulls off moves like this, it's fucking beautiful. He scored a great goal that we were in attendance for uh, the Vancouver game last year. Yeah. Kind of similar. He, he made a poke check, came in on the wing and cut to the middle and made a great shot on whoever was in net for Vancouver. It might've been Demko. And remember all of us just marveling like, oh my God, that was fucking sick. And same thing here. Yeah, no, he's coming out of the all-star break. He has been sensational. Uh, not sensational, but sensational. Um, the <laughs> he had that uh, very similar move in the uh, Buffalo game early on, and just just missed by about two inches. Um, going up, upper blocker on Ukapakalukanen, and uh, yeah, that's uh, he walked Jaden Struble on that move to begin the Montreal game. Just. Yeah. I hadn't even sat Just down. Phenomenal, right? I, I was I was moving. I, I when I when I kind of when I uh, uh, hunker down to watch the game, uh, I will I will slide my my a big chair from the corner of the room in front of the big TV, so I can just plop right down and just have the big TV in front of me pretty close. And uh, I I was moving the chair at the time this goal was scored. <laughs> I was watching yeah. it. I saw I saw it. But I was like, damn, I haven't even sat down yet. Right, I I was yep. watching on a DVR. It had the same experience. Like I, I think I was letting the dogs out. I'm like, oh, I'll just settle in in a minute. And <laughs> right. Like, holy nope. shit, that was amazing. Yeah, I I noticed uh, when I because uh, I because tr- same as you, Bill. I I watched it the next morning uh, while I was working. Uh, hopefully, nobody from work's listening. Um, but yeah, I I but luckily I knew that he scored very early. I didn't know exactly when, but I knew he was like in the first minute. So I turn the game on. I'm sitting here at work. I turn the game on and I like go to like start typing something. I'm like, wait a minute. I got to watch the full first minute. Like, cause I know he scores. So I just kind of sat back and was like, all right, let's see it, Torpo. And uh, yeah, 25 seconds. I'm like, damn, that is a quick strike. Uh, Blues were up 2 0 uh, when Sammy Belay uh, committed a, was given a boarding major, five minute major. And a game misconduct, and they reviewed it, and they upheld it. Um, I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on this. I thought this was a bad call. I thought I that, you know, maybe. Okay, so for those that didn't see it or whatever, Jordan Harris is is coming behind the net, and Blay comes in on the forecheck and goes to check him like anybody would and Harris toe picks or something on the boards and goes down and kind of turns towards the boards. And so, and this is right before Belay checks him and Belay ends up basically checking his head against the boards, like where Blay's hip is. And so, and obviously he had a concussion. He couldn't stand up. He was wobbly and they gave him a penalty. They gave Blay a penalty five minutes in the game misconduct. They reviewed it and it upheld it and they kicked him out. I didn't know what Blay was supposed to do here because if he doesn't, if Harris doesn't stumble and fall, um, this should be a clean check. I assume it's going to be a clean check. If both two guys standing up, but the only reason this was an issue is because Harris fell and it fell right before Blay delivered the check. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, am I am I That's, looking through this with rose-colored glasses or what? That's the argument from Canadians fans that I saw was that he did have time to pull up and not make the check. I strongly disagree. I, I think he, when, he, when he was going you, down, yeah, if you watch Blay was it, already he's halfway already, between the goal and the board. He's already in the motion to make yeah. the check by the time he falls. And I really believe that if he would have had another second, 
I don't think he follows through with that hit. I think he he's bails, three. Right? He's but, like three feet from Harris when right. Harris yeah. fell. Right, and and he's he's what six four two forty. Yeah, that is yeah. that is a lot of velocity to stop yeah. that quickly. You can hurt and yourself. It just it <laughs> wasn't right. Right, it's it's you know either he's gonna get hurt or you know the other guy's gonna get hurt. He he didn't have time to process that. No, you're alone, asking. All- let alone to you know to turn your skate blades and and try to make a stop. You're asking an awful lot of a player to stop. Uh, when a player falls, uh, stop within within three feet. When you're when you're coming in for a check uh, on the fourth check, stop within three feet, and to 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 recognize that and stop uh, that quickly. I think that was, I don't know. I, I, I would have loved to have heard the conversation. It'd be, it's a shame you can't interview officials after the games because this would have been this would have been a good one. Um, yeah. But you know, it is what it is. Um, it didn't affect the blues in this game. They rolled over the Canadians seven to two, but, but still at the time, you know, it was two nothing. So it wasn't you know. not a, yeah, just a, not a good call. I, Cause well, again, I didn't see it live. Uh, first thing I saw about it was from Andy Strickland front of the show uh, posted and like, this is a terrible call. And he like posted a clip of the video and I'm like, man, I hate to, and I felt the same way as you, Kurt. I'm like, Andy, you know, probably does you know because he knows a lot of the blues players mostly and i'm like maybe he's got the rose colored glasses on i'm like maybe i have the rose colored glasses on but to hear it from you guys i feel better about my decision because yeah i've i looked at that and i'm like that's just unfortunate you know i'll say i was happy that they gave him initially the five to watch it because that way they could review it and be like okay well okay it's only two minutes or whatever but yeah, when they upheld it, I'm like, you got to be kidding me! Yeah. Did you watch the same replay I did? It, I, yeah. I just, it, I just don't understand what they expected Blade to do. And I know you said Jeff that Canadians fans thought he had time to stop. I don't know how that's possible. I, so. I mean, it, no, yeah, but that's like you said. That's that's the one that you you want to hear the officials explain their yeah. their rationale. I have to believe that you know it, it was just kind of the 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 aftermath and seeing that you know it was it was a clear brain injury, right? He he was not like his face looked contorted when he tried to take a yeah. step and he went down. I mean, just it, it's a it's a terrible look. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you fellers. Bad call. Yeah, I should not. I think it, it. I think the NHL will agree as well because you see that he didn't even get a fine on the play. You know, like injury on the play. Like it yeah. had all the makings of the NHL to make further action. Injury on the play, uh, game misconduct. All of it was there for the NHL to say at least a fine. Yep. They, for as far as I know, didn't even really review it. Um, so, you know, they didn't announce anything. We're reviewing the play with Sammy Blay, nothing like that. So I think the NHL overall agrees. It's weird though, because the NHL reviewed it, right? They, they, they looked it over or the officials did and they looked at at it again and it's like, so so it's almost like the, the officials in the game. So did the officials review this or is that Toronto? When they review that, I believe I believe they all do, but the officials have the final call on See, the ice. Right. If they all do, why would they have the final call? That's right. weird to me. Toronto might say, "Go ahead and give them the five so you can review it," but you know, yeah, that, it is yeah. the it's it's the in building officials that are going to make the call. 
Okay. Well, I think Toronto's just there for us. They're, they're just they're like, just on. We're going to show you this replay so you can make the best decision. Well, that just shows that they're on different pages then. But if if they're not going to even find Blay for this hit, but the officials on the ice decided it, after review that it warranted a five minute major and a game misconduct. If if after review, if you kick somebody out and give them five minutes and a game misconduct after review, that should pretty much mean you're getting at least a fine because you did something pretty bad. But uh, Ken Morris in the chat says Blay has no history of dirty play or hits, at least as far as I recall. Well, don't tell Boston. Some people will probably argue with don't you on the hits. Yeah. Um, not just Boston. I've seen other teams complain about Blay's play. But overall, yeah, he is, he's got a clean slate as far as I know. Never been fined, never been suspended. Backus never had a – Could be wrong on Backus, that. Backus, for the longest time, never had a – hit the same thing, right? He had never, right. never had a fine or suspension. Was that right? So, yeah, but was looked at as a very dirty player. Yeah, but, because but he because he was a big guy threw his weight around. Right. So, yeah, and I guess and and yeah, and Blay Blay. I think um, you know because well, you can make I don't know the NHL the wheel of justice, right? Because like mm-hmm. you look at we'll talk about the Morgan Riley situation later. I don't believe he's had any history yet. He got five games for what he did. So he, the fact that they say we take that into account with with these plays, I don't know if they really do. Yeah, it's situation by situation, but I think so. to to take Ken's uh, Ken's thought, Blay has no history of dirty play or hits. Um, and there's a little side conversation uh, with us um, that kind of this season, Blay has no history of plays at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's it's been a rough year. He's been a very interesting player with with his his inability to put the puck in the net at all uh, with the Rangers uh, being semi-productive with us before that, and then coming back here and just lighting it up. And then this season, not so much. It's right. really strange. One goal. Up and down, right? Yeah. yeah. Up and down. Yeah. He has one goal this year. I, I, I really think that long-term Torpchenko is going to take his spot on this roster. Oh yeah. I, I don't, I don't hate Blay on this team as long no. as you don't expect him to produce offensively with any type of, you know, regularity. Right. If if he fills the Pat Maroon role, sure, as the fourth line. Oh yeah, big body that chips in at key moments. Yeah, great. Who he has, gotta... who has more offensive skill than Maroon does? Right. If if and it can it can rear its ugly head every now and then or her fancy head, I guess. 37 uh, says uh, Blake got suspended two games in 2021 against the Avs. I believe he hit Taves. Um, why don't I remember that? I believe Dave, he's a excellent hockey fan, but I What's, do not remember that. How, how many years does it before uh, previous suspensions no longer count against you in uh, hearings? Is it two or three? I think it's, I think it's three. Is it? Cause okay. Because it, 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 I mean, saying you don't have a history just means like a recent history because it's it's wiped clean after so many years. Um, so during this five minute power play, and this was really interesting to me because I'd never really, I've never really seen this before. Have you guys seen this before? Where the Blues? So when someone gets a five minute power play, uh, five minute penalty in a game misconduct, that player is kicked out of the game. So that player obviously cannot be in the box to serve that penalty. So the team that uh, that team that got the penalty has the option to not put somebody in the box right away. Um, they don't have to at all, actually. 
but they it's it's in their best interest to eventually at some point get a guy in the box because you want them to then come out of the box when the penalty is over. Uh, if there's no one in the box when the penalty is over, they can't bring that person from the bench on the ice. They have to be coming out of the box, the penalty box. So the Blues didn't put somebody in the box to start this uh, penalty, and there were no stoppages. And <laughs> and the uh, Canadians scored like five seconds after the power play was uh, over for them, and nobody came out of the Blues penalty box because there was nobody in there. So I had never seen this before. I don't understand. I mean, I understand the idea behind it. Okay, we want every when all these players available to use during the penalty kill. I get it. However, there are a few players on this team that are not going to kill penalties. So you know, Walker's one, Kairu's one. Uh, they and they and they didn't they, and they weren't on the ice for any of this penalty. And would so, would this have made a difference but, in the goal? I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, it's questionable. Five seconds is. It's it's like on the border between a guy getting back in the play or not, but so so good. But yeah, just let me say I. And first of all, I apologize because I semi corrected you on uh, on Twitter and I was wrong. Um, Wait, what, can, I, you, can, you, it, can it, you repeat that again? <laughs> shut up! Uh, it, <laughs> it baffles me that that's a real thing that a coach would do, which is why I was like, there's no way I really thought it was. Cause if you watch the, the Sammy blay, you know, and, and then they come over to uh banister and explain it to him. He's pretty heated. He didn't like the call either. He clearly agrees with what we thought. So I thought, okay, he just forgot to put a player in the box. I'm like, he clearly that's what it was. We have seen that happen before in previous, I mean, long time ago. I don't remember if it was the blues or not, but I remember watching a game and that happened. And there was like a minute, the other team was extra shorthanded because they forgot to put a player in the box. And so I thought that had to be it. He just had to forget. He was heated about the penalty, forgot to send someone over. Assistant coaches weren't paying attention. Then Bannister said after the game or the next morning that it was a strategy. He wanted to have everyone available until the end of the penalty. That is fucking crazy I... to me. Right. That is bananas crazy. I've honestly... I can't think of another coaching decision I find more dumb. Well, I think that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, to me, it, it, it shouldn't be allowed, right? It, you should be required to put somebody in the box right away. Well, right? The, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be allowed to it's have only, a guy go out and kill a penalty and then finish that penalty kill sitting in the box. But the guy that got the reason being is because the guy who got the penalty was kicked out, right? So right, the league I, I get should point. require somebody I, to be I agree. in the box right away. I agree. And I, I, I agree. I'll, I'll, tell you how, I agree. I'll tell you how my men's league rule works. We get a guy kicked out of a game, and you know, maybe he gets a 10-minute misconduct. If he's kicked out of the game, we have to send somebody over to serve that 10 minutes. Like the the league will not they won't let us continue play until somebody's in the box. And it's just why does the NHL not have that rule? That's so fucking Here, weird. Here's what here's what's messed up to me. Is that okay? So let's let's say okay, I understand the idea of wanting to okay. Well, I don't want to put a player in the box right away. I want to be able to use that guy for a couple. You know, if I want to over the first half of this penalty, for example. But then the second half, you want to get him in there as soon as you know a stoppage happens because you don't want to be without a guy in the box, because then you can't bring them out when it's over. 
But the thing is that there were a, a few guys on the team on the on the bench that didn't play, didn't touch the ice during the penalty kill. So you have these guys to use. So you didn't put anybody in the box because you wanted to use them or have the option to use them, but you didn't use them. So I don't I don't understand you know what what scenario is going to present itself to where you would use them. Uh, yeah, I dude, I'm with you. I I I'm completely with you because it's just to me, it's like you're taking away one. Okay, so yeah, I get you had one forward just taken off the ice for the game because he was uh, kicked out of the game, but you're telling me that you're going to use all of your other 11 forwards in a five minute penalty. It's not a 20 minute. You're not getting, yeah, we right. got to kill a penalty for the whole period. Okay. Right. Yeah. I get that. That end of the period, let's throw someone in the box, but it's five minutes. You're not going to go cycle through 11 forwards yeah. in a five minute span on the PK guys like Nathan no Walker, sense. guys like Nathan Walker, they don't kill penalties. They're, they're, I, I could maybe understand it if you had lost a couple of guys already. You know, you lost the, the oh, we, we we already had guys uh, in the box for, you know, a brawl. There were two or three guys in the box already, had an injury, so we're shorthanded already. Do you? Do I can understand remember? saying, okay, well, you know what? We're going to, we we need to use this guy for the first half of this penalty, so we're not going to put him in the box. I would understand that if you're if you're already a few guys down. That that makes more sense to me, but do, you're not. Do you remember the um, the flu game the Blues played? God, it was probably six, seven years ago now, where they played the Red Wings and they could only dress like fifteen players yeah, because so, everyone yeah, yeah. had the flu. Yeah, and it's like a game like that. I would understand because it's like we yeah, have got to be able to cycle through everybody in this. You're PK already down players. Right? There are gas. Some of these guys might even have the flu and, and just don't know it. I get right. that, but in a game like this, it makes no fucking sense. Put somebody in the box. Well, how many how many times does that scenario present itself where you're already shorthanded, and then you get a guy thrown out? So then you use the strategy to not put a guy in the box. How often does that happen? That is that never not that not that often, and and how often in those scenarios do you absolutely need? to use every single person on your bench during a, a, a penalty uh, and risk uh, not being able to bring somebody out of the box when the penalty is actually over. That seems now like I, a, a, a very high risk, very low reward uh, scenario that Bannister kind of created there. Yeah. And you, you mentioned two players that didn't get, I don't know if they were the only ones or not. I know you looked at, the numbers, I didn't look at all the numbers, but I just, I looked at two players right away. That was like, you know, Cairo and Walker and Cairo Walker. They didn't. No. So I actually a hundred percent understand not wanting to put Cairo there because if the uh, uh, Canadians get a penalty, then you've got four on four for two minutes. You'll want to play Cairo. I get that. Nathan Walker. What in what situation are you using Nathan Walker <laughs> yeah, on a PK, a four on three, a five on four, hey, whatever it is? I have a question. You're not using Nathan Walker. Put him in the fucking box. I have a question. This is a, a bit of a gamble too, but if you absolutely have to use all of your skaters, which Banisher didn't, but say he wanted to, could you put your backup goalie in the box? No. Why not? You got to have a goalie available. Well, he is available. He's just in the box. But if your goalie gets hurt, then use the your starting goalie. Then you use can't the take him out of the box and put him. But you in can. Play. But you can. But you can always use a goal. You can always use it. Your goalie doesn't have to be on the roster. 
there is there has to be a specific rule in the rule book that says goalies cannot serve the extra man penalty. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, it has to be specifically worded because well, because then anybody can play it, goal. What about if he's coming out of the creek or coming out of the penalty box? You're going to have two goalies on the floor. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's I don't true. think that would work. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good point. It's a good idea, but I don't. <laughs> no, think I was works. just thinking like, well, put Hofer in there, and then you could have your. But then you run the risk of if anything gets hurt, then Hofer's in the box, and you got to go get yep. your e bug or whatever. So, well, I I don't even think they'd let you go. Well, I guess if Bennington's hurt, you could. Right, but. Yeah, you can't have, you can't have three goalies dressed. So no, anyway, it's a good Speaking idea. Of no, I... <laughs> I think we're getting close to needing an e-bug story because it's been what, since October since we've yes. had one. Yeah, so. it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, no, I'll, I'll just close on this. My thoughts on this. To me, this was the one of the most bone. It probably is the most boneheaded thing I've heard a coach do for at least for the Blues. Um, it's, done. I don't know. The only other thing that comes to mind is Tortorella charging the, was it the Jets locker room that one time? Um, oh, what about, what about, what's his face? Uh, uh, go have another donut. Schoenfeld going after, uh, uh Koharski, Koharski. Right? Yeah, Koharski. Or how about, <laughs> how about Schoenfeld, uh, guaranteeing a game seven victory? Oh, oh yeah. And they didn't too. get it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, too bad. So sad. Yep. No, I, I don't get this. And it, it did make me kind of question Bannister a little bit. I'm like, what? Because like I said, at first well, I'm like, okay, it had to be a mistake. That's the only explanation. No, no, no. We did this as a, uh, that was kind of a, a plan. What? I bet you, I bet you he never does that again. Yeah. Better I, not. I, d- I doubt he does again, but I think we'd all feel a lot better if he would have said, well, Jake Allen was at the other end, so I, I was okay. <laughs> well, it would have been really funny, too, if to see the Blues if they would have, you know, with four skaters. Well, that's a that's an interesting thing, too. With four skaters, and it's not a PK because they didn't have someone in the box, and they iced the puck because they I did read that they could have still iced it. Do the Blues then get to add a fifth player, or do they have to keep the four players out there? They can't. After you the mean, over? They, they ice the puck, and so there is you can't it. make a change on on oh, an ice. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, can question. you add a fifth player, or do you have to stick with four and get a, another type of stoppage? But well, Maybe a guy a guy can come out of the box. A guy can come out of the box, on but a- there's nobody in the box. Right. Yeah. You're not making a change though. You're not, you're not. Okay. I, I'm going to say this is what the rule probably is, is that nobody on the ice can sub off. That's might what, that might be what it comes down to. You can add that player from the bench maybe, but nobody on the ice can be subbed out and switched off. That's what I'm going to guess is the scenario. Maybe. But I think it could also be that you can't just add a player because you didn't have someone sitting in the box. Uh, that's a great question. Oof, I, you know, you know, I, rules I think right. I think we we should this this could be a great summer series segment, right? If we could get a you know an official NHL rules <clears throat> analyst. And like the come scout up and the with, refs uh, like, Twitter feed guy, the website guys. Yeah, scout and the refs. Yeah, Those are great guys. Yeah, yeah, do that. It it just come up with questions to stump them. I would say get Tim yeah, Peel, but one. nobody wants that. No, <laughs> we're good. Uh, Local boy, it, Tim Peel. Yeah, Jimmy Rivers yep. doesn't do podcasts anymore. 
Yep. No. He... Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess are we done with? The yeah, I think so. I think we've said our crazy we've, banister. We've counted. Shit. We've counted a three. That one, man. That one really did make me question him a lot. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Thomas four points in this game. Tory Krug a historic and historic game. My bad. Sorry. Uh, sorry, everyone. All you English majors out there. Um, career high five assists in this game. Single game records for both assists and points by defenseman in Blues history. Krug became one of six Blues in history with five assists in a game. The, the, the list here is definitely elite. You'll see what I did there in a minute. Yeah. Joining Robert Thomas, Dallas Drake, Adam Oates, Drake. Bernie Federko, and Brian one Sutter. One of these yes. things is doing is <laughs> Come on, can yeah, you tell right. which one? Dallas Drake. But still, that is, uh, that is that I mean, that's pretty good. I We'll talk about Krug's game against Toronto. I did not like it, but this game, five assists for all of you saying, He's not a. We don't pay him to did, play defense. We pay him to play offense. You, he fucking did that in this. Did game. you hear the criticism of his five assists? That they were all secondary. Oh my god, <laughs> that's what a defenseman does. They were like, yeah, Jesus. it'd be more impressive if it weren't all secondary assists. <laughs> there was a season in my H and A league where I I led. I think I was second in points, but I led the team in assists by far. And all my teammates were like, "Well, you, it's because you get the secondary assist." I'm like. Yeah, I started the play, assholes. Like that—that's a good thing. You want me doing that? You yeah. can't have the primary without without having the secondary. Was yeah. in neighbors' goal the uh, the one that was uh, went up in the air and bounced down. I thought that they could have ruled that uh, at that point that two blues had touched it after Krug uh, had released mm-hmm. the shot from the point, uh, but he still got credit for it. So. Arizona has Maybe. scored. Uh, it is now two to one Minnesota with eleven minutes to go in the third. Yep. Well, anyway, uh, nice offensive output by the Blues here, but my God, Jake Allen was awful. Yeah. Oh my God, in this that, game, that awful. that Robert Thomas goal. Oof. Oof. Woof. Nobody screening. Nothing. It just went through him. Yeah. I mean, watching this game though, I mean, this is shit we've all seen before. Right with him, it's like I mean, this is just the kind of game he turns in a little too often. Jake um, Allen is going to wind up becoming the greatest goalie coach in the league someday. Because just, he can, don't do what I do, mimic kids. Other goalies. Well, it's right. No, I, I he's. I think. I think he he has the ability to see what needs to be done from the outside looking in, but not from the inside looking out. So Jake Allen has of the three Montreal goalies who have tended net this season for uh, Montreal. He has the Caden worst primo and Sam Montembeau being yeah. the other two. He has Allen has the worst numbers of the three, um, and he has one year left at three point eight million. Um, and I guarantee you, there are a number of Blues fans who would love to have him back here. <laughs> for oh, some reason, if he has to, his like fan base here. Post. If you were to post the Blues traded straight up Jordan Bennington for Jake Allen, oh. there's a large portion of this fan base that would be fucking celebrating in the streets. Isn't that weird? And that is just mind-boggling well, to me. So, okay, Allen's overall numbers with St. Louis are are not bad. They're, so, <laughs> him versus Bennington, okay, for example. Uh, 
both with the Blues for seven seasons. Allen has 29 more games played uh, right now. Uh, but believe it or not, Jake Allen has a better save percentage, goals against average, more shutouts, and more quality starts than Bennington. Uh, in fact, almost every measurable stat shows Allen as being superior on paper. Not only superior, but easily. Like, it's not close. So what do you guys make of this? Because I think, personally, what, having watched Allen play and having watched Bennington play the seven years each, it's like Bennington is the better goalie. He's he, he he's the better goalie for uh he's he's played better in a Blues uniform than than oh, as a whole. Allen had a couple of great seasons here. He had a great playoff run. Well, against Minnesota, one round, I guess. Against Minnesota, but it's interesting to me that that Allen's numbers are much better than Bennington's. But I I think Bennington has been the better goalie in a Blues uniform. Let's also factor in, and, and Bill, I know you're not a big Hitchcock fan. No, that's but that's some, exactly what I was thinking. Okay. Systems. Yep. Hitch, Hitchcock systems. had the system of defense, and it was defense first. They they didn't allow a ton of shots against, and when they did, they were from the outside. They clogged up the middle a ton, and um, just shots, good quality chances did not get through. And Allen was here, what, Five of his seven, six of his seven seasons here were with Hitchcock as his head coach. So it's a system thing. And then, you know, the Blues have had historically one of the worst defensive coaches who somehow is still working in the NHL in Mike Van Ryn. <laughs> Bennington had that for a couple of years. And the fact that he and Huso and Hofer, well, I guess not Hofer, but he and Huso mostly, and, and then the awful Thomas Grice Oof. had to... Oof play under that system that is going to inflate numbers dramatically and that's what's happened to Bennington here look at his numbers now his numbers this season have been pretty good I and I I mean and this kind of uh, reflects back on what we've said time and time again as far as you know advanced stats and just looking at the box scores just looking at the numbers and not watching the goalies play right I mean it's 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 to me, it's obvious. I think Bennington is, is the better goalie in the Blues uniform than Allen was, but the numbers don't show that necessarily. So I think, you know, this, it's a pretty good example as far as like, you know, hey, let, you, you got to watch these guys play. Just don't look at these numbers on the, uh, on paper to determine who's better. Because I think, you know, because Allen was like, he's only a handful, like a few games away from the all-time wins uh, uh, lead for, like behind Liut. He was like five or six wins behind Liut. Something like that, it wins. He's close. Yeah, he was here for seven years, but yeah, which is a lot. That is a it fucking is. well. That's like three eons for the Blues for Blues, blues goalies. Yeah, Ken Moore says uh, Jake was flaky at times, but could be brilliant on occasion. Yeah, and that 100%. and that's the problem though is that he was so inconsistent. He was up and down, you know, and it was it was it was it, was, it made you want to pull your hair out because it's like you just played really well, and now you're playing really shitty. What's going on? Well, and that was the thing, too, was like he would start the season, October, November even, and would be like, lights out, oh, my God, Jake Allen's the real fucking deal. But then by end of December, and as Bill has said in the show many times, January into February, I mean, it's it's you might as well just dress six skaters at all times, just six skaters on the ice because they're going to make as many saves as Allen, you know? And it's like, but then... March ish, end of February ish, 
he'd be lights out again. But then come playoff time, except for that one fucking series that Blues fans love to remember for some Minnesota. reason. When he played so well against Minnesota. Magnus you know, BRV, Outside baby. of that one. <laughs> yeah. Outside of that one series, he'd fall apart again in the stretch run and then in the playoffs. Yeah. And I think Bennington has shown he's the opposite. He He has his roughest games when they don't seem to really matter, you know, like a Tuesday in Columbus, he's not going to play his best game, but those are the games that Jake Allen would shine in. How many go, how many goals this season on Bennington would you say were like, Oh my God, that's embarrassing to have that go in on you. Well, he had one on, uh, well, <laughs> I think he had one last I, night. I, everybody has, everybody had, well, he did it last night. Oh yeah, that bad angle. The no. second. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't we, like that. Goal. We will debate that, sir. Okay, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll say that. We'll get yeah, to that. Good. But um, anyway, but but my point is, is that that was a a frequent occurrence with Jake Allen. He he would oh, have. Yeah. I mean, it was every few games. You're like, oh my god, that's a terrible goal to allow, and right. sometimes and, multiple in a game. You know, it was just bad. In this this game against the Blues, right? Like, I I found myself pulling the the letter Kenny Coach quote out. Fucking embarrassing. Yeah, fucking embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That the the uh, the last goal, the you know Cairo shot from the slot, bounces off the end boards, and he gets his skate on the yeah. outside yeah. of the post, and it goes in. Yeah. Right. That's. That that that's that's a goal that goes that that for some reason that reminds me of like a Vincent Riendo goal in the playoffs. It was like a backbreaker against the Blues. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So the Blues went uh, three for five on the power play in this game and killed all three penalties against. Uh, power play was coming. Is that the first game they've had three power play goals in? I think so. I think so. Yeah. But I mean, they've been the power play's been great. Been fantastic right. since Bannister took over. Yep. They are they're at a thirty three percent pace. It's it. So I guess that that begs the question: Is it Bannister or is it the well, help from Brad Richards? They also got well, Brad Richards. That's so that's right a combination. Mostly Richards, probably maybe he's a consultant. You know, he's a remote consultant. So I I don't know. I, I'm he doesn't talk with the players. I, just, I would love to be a fly on the wall for one of his conversations with Steve Ott. You know, like. Oh, uh, I think you need to do this, this, and this. Then not just being like, I didn't know we could do that. <laughs> you know, like I just, I want to hear what those okay. conversations are like. Cause it's got to be odd. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you know, I never got to play on the power play in my career. I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Thirty-seven gives some love to Bill here. By the way, I love that there's a goalie on the podcast. Billy Blue Note is the voice of the voiceless. I'm going to give you a comment of the show there at 37. I I like that. And stay tuned. We've got uh, Bill Day's save of the week coming up where he breaks down a goalie save. Goalies are voiceless. They do a pretty good job at throwing water bottles, though. Oh, they are loud as shit. (laughs) Most of them. Man. I had a guy, guy, actually the guy that I went to the Blues, uh, whatever they called that, the Enterprise Game 7 2019 party with. Um, I, uh, I went with him. He's a former goalie. That dude would get so high pitched when he would get mad about somebody being in his crease or, you know, ponder, cover this guy. And it's just like, look up here, look at him. Calm the, 
Calm the fuck down, dude. Like, Jesus. <laughs> now, I just there, watched the Amigos, so. Yeah, there were there were a few goalie cabs that that uh, you know pre game pre uh, pre ice you had to do the uh, go through the the pitch um, like like a voice coach until you got to that you know uh, squeezing your balls octave high octave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, a good game for the Blues, a bad game for Montreal and Jake Allen. Um, you know, nice win. Uh, coming off the Buffalo win, uh, two nice wins out of the break, uh, especially following up the Columbus and, game. And Blues win seven of eight. Yeah, seven of eight. Point. And they're they're rolling, uh, playing uh, pretty good hockey, uh, getting points. And I'll say, I, I mean, you know, how many times early in the season did I say, yeah, this three-game segment – uh, we got the points I expected, just not in the way that yeah. I expected it. Out of these three games that we're about to talk yeah. about the Toronto game, this is exactly how I thought it yeah. was. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, you got to get the two wins against Buffalo and Montreal, and if you get the win or even an overtime point against Toronto, that's just cake. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so we got the uh, Blues versus the Maple Leafs that happened on Tuesday. Uh, Maple Leafs won this one 4-1. to one. Um McCann got no, hit. No, no, no. You said that wrong. The Marlies. The Marlies. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the Marlies Sorry. Uh, beat the Blues 4-1. to McCann got the hat trick for the Marlies in this game. Uh, coming in, he had only had two goals in 36 career games. Gets three in this one. He was expected to be a healthy scratch in this game, but was told to be playing at around 4 p.m. when it was uh, announced that Tavares and Marner were ruled out due to illness. Um, you know, and then, uh, Riley is gone, uh, because of the cross check, uh, on Greg, which we'll talk about, uh, after this, which was a very, I'm sure it'll be an interesting conversation maybe. Uh, so I, I thought Toronto played pretty well, actually, considering, uh, who was in the lineup, you know, they talked about it on the broadcast and I was wondering if this was going to happen. And it kind of did, I guess, uh, where, you know, young players get in the lineup and they want to prove themselves to the coach. You know, they're stepping in for uh, really good players that are out. So they want to prove themselves and they're working their asses off. And they played well. I thought, uh, and couple that with, combine that with the Blues not having their best effort. Uh, personally, I thought they, which has been a problem all season, passing up good scoring chances to pass into traffic and then get nothing out of it. Uh, they did that a lot this game. Cairo in particular. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Before you move yes. on to that, I just want to add that we have seen this with the Blues on the opposite end. Um, I reminded of the COVID year again, where you know it was like, oh, this guy uh, tested positive. He's got to sit for 14 days, whatever the fuck it was. And we're not going to give you cap relief. Yeah. So the Blues would just try to call up guys. And yeah. we might have to play 16 tonight, guys. But we'll see how it goes. And they went on this crazy winning streak. They won like four games when they were dressing less than 18. Yep. Nathan Walker was one of the first guys called up and scored a couple big goals I think, against Detroit. And like, we were just like, who the fuck are these guys? And I think that was when we saw Charlie Lindgren too. And it was just like, these guys are not NHL guys, but they're working their asses off. And, and you said it, Kurt, you know, they said it in the broadcast this is kind of a, a fear you have. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Bobby McMahon, who the fuck is Bobby McMahon? <laughs> and he's scoring a fucking hat trick. Like what the hell? Right. I mean, you, 
if you listen to the uh the Toronto broadcast to the game, the uh like they they rattled off all the teams that McMahon's played for over the last six years, and it's like holy shit somewhere in like i don't know if it was tulsa or somewhere in oklahoma and you know fights his way to the to to the marlies and gets the call up for you know for this game because of the illnesses and best game of his career right there all right you ready for bobby mcmahon's hockey career (laughs) yeah so we've got the (laughs) oh my god the lloyd Lloyd Minster Bobcats, Bonneville Pontiacs, Colgate University, Wichita Thunder, Toronto Marlies, Newfoundland, Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Uh, <laughs> edit that part out. Sorry. Yeah, you know the part where you just we just, just lost all the like Canadian audience through. Ken has dropped us. That's not how you say that. Yeah, sorry, Ken. Uh, Newfoundland Growlers, Toronto Marlies again. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto Marlies, Toronto Maple Leafs. So, yeah, he yeah. has been all over. He's a well-traveled individual. Yeah. So, yeah, Wichita. It was, you know, it's, that's, that's a great Joe McGrath quote, right? Oh, man. You want to know where he's from? Interesting. No, that's cool. Wainwright. Wainwright, Alberta. Mm. Spelled the exact same way as St. Louis legend oh. Adam Wainwright. I brought up. Jordan Cairo is one of the guys uh, in this game who passed up a glorious scoring chance. He had a lane to the net would have had a complete, I mean, the defense was, was taking the pass, which I guess they did their homework as far as what Cairo does. Uh, and Cairo passes back into traffic to the trailer coming in when he had a two on one and a lane mm. to the net. Yeah. And he tried passes to, back in the traffic. To force it to neighbors. Yeah. And gets nothing out of it. Yeah. I mean, I get wanting yeah. to go to neighbors, but not then not there. Um, he should be leading the league in shots. He has a lot of shots. We talked about this, but man, he should have so many more. He just passes up so many. It's absurd. And this was a, this was one of the worst ones to pass up because he had a full lane of the net. Shoot the fucking puck. Shoot the fucking puck. Shoot. That was when it was, it was one, nothing Toronto at that point too. Right. Uh, might've been. Yeah. Um, Yeah. so it's like, dude, you're the guy like, and, and that's what I just want. I don't know. Brett Hall. To just go up to him and be like, you're me, buddy. You need to shoot the goddamn puck. That's what you are paid for. That's what your teammates need from you. Shoot the goddamn puck. Like, I don't know what it's going to take he's, for him to do it. Because you know they have to be telling him that. He's right? not a playmaker. Like he, th- he, no. he tries to make plays. People make plays to you. You shoot. You get in a in a in a in a spot on the ice where you can get it on net. You fucking put the damn thing on net, and I don't want to be one of those fans that just says shoot, shoot, shoot. But mother fuck, with him, it's okay to be that. Fan I just because he's out there with two passers. I mean, Buchnevich is a guy that can score goals too, and obviously Thomas. Yeah, too, I wish Buchnevich would shoot more like, too. I, I, you are out there with two guys that like to make the play. You need to be the fucking finisher. <sighs> Bruce Navis and Cairo, two guys to get on my skin. They need to shoot more. Yeah. They just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And two games ago, the pass off pad was the perfect play. Why doesn't it work here? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Asking a, 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 a rational question to an irrational situation. 
I, I don't know. You're asking a rational question to an irrational situation to two very irrational guys. <laughs> uh, not capitalizing on the two power plays the Blues had was rough. They needed the power play to come through in this game, and it couldn't this time. Uh, you know, but I mean, I, they lost this game. It's not like they 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 had won seven out of eight coming in. You're not going to win them all. You're playing in Toronto. Yeah, they're shorthanded. So what? I mean. You can't win them all, whatever, fine. Said it before, it's how you rebound, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this, you know, Kessel got his first point of his career uh, with a secondary assist on Tropchenko's goal. Uh, this is his 19th game. So, uh, and I, go ahead. You know what I think is funny about that is I thought this was his worst game as an NHLer. I thought he was bad. Him and Krug, I thought, were terrible in this game. Uh, a couple of the uh, the chances that Bennington had to face were because of gaffes from Kessel and Krug. Uh The first breakaway was, uh, I believe that was when, uh, I believe that was it, where oh, uh, the, but, the uh, pass. Domi. Was it that pass? Yeah, Domi uh, uh, intercepted yep. the pass, got it up to Bertuzzi, yep. and he got the good chance. And then later, I thought on the power play, Kairou, uh tried to pass along the boards and, and kind of rim it around to the other side. And I actually thought that was a good play by him because Buchnevich and Krug were both heading there. They both somehow fucking missed it, especially Krug. What the hell? What are you not doing waiting on the left post or at the left point for that pass? And uh, Gregor comes in and has all the time in the world to get a shot on Bennington. He makes the save, but yeah, just overall, I mean, not a good game. I thought for that defensive pairing. And uh, it's just funny how that works, right? You know, Matt Kessel, let's celebrate him. His first point, but you just played your worst NHL game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I, I have a feeling. Um, well, well, I have a feeling we'll be talking about him in a certain segment that's coming up. But I also have a feeling that uh, he's he's reached a point where he needs a couple games in the press box to get that yeah. get that other perspective for a little bit. Yeah, and you know who I think's played well um, is Callie Rosen. Yeah, I thought it looked good. I think I think Rosen's been fine. I think you can put him in in a, a little higher position. Maybe try him with Krug, and then uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, I think you got to put Tucker in there. But yeah, I agree with Bill. I think you got to let this kid kind of sit back, watch the game a little bit. You know, watch the tape, watch the games live, and then let him come back in two or three games. Yeah, he's two own goals in you know the last three games. It's it's. Pretty rough stretch for the kid right now. Uh, yeah, Minnesota's up three to one. Uh, Arizona has pulled their goalie. A minute fifty-five left. So hmm. let's hope for a uh, miracle comeback here. Um, so in this game, I thought sorry, no uh, uh, might be mowing nope. your lawn here, but I, again, we talked about it already a little bit. Bennington, great fucking yeah. game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he he was great. The breakaway save on Bertuzzi, we already mentioned in the first period. 350 of the second. Uh, again, he makes that great breakaway save on Gregor. Uh, 1840 of the second. Um, Toronto power play. And it was funny, Bill, that I uh, was getting ready to send you. I'm like, this is my save of the game if you want a suggestion from me. Because he makes a, a great play. Matthews was behind the net. Slid a perfect pass to Bertuzzi. Both Blues defensemen, Letty and Kessel, um, went behind the net to try and stop the pass. But that just, of course, exposes two guys up front uh, in front of the net. So uh, Bertuzzi on the right side, slid it over to Domi on the other side. Bennington stretches over, makes the save. That was going to be my pick. But then I was like, oh, yeah, 
There was another ridiculous save from Jordan Bennington in this game, which we'll get to in a little bit. But still, uh, Jordan Bennington and the fourth line, I think, were the best four players on the ice for the Blues all night. Uh, shots in this game were 32 to 15 for Toronto. Uh, just not enough pucks on net for the Blues, which is a, it's a common thread, even in games that win. Uh, a good chunk of those, they're just not getting as many shots as you'd like to see them get. I, I, I'm not totally against the quality over quantity, but when your quantity is four, is uh, 15 for the game, it's like that's not enough. I mean, you got to start thinking, okay, we need some quantity uh, at some point. Quality over quantity was definitely okay with me two years ago with the high-powered offense they have. They don't have that high-powered offense. They need to take the chances they get. Yeah. Especially when you have guys who can shoot the buck like Kyrou. Kyrou's got a laser. Yeah. And just, I mean, come on. You know who could pick it, too, I think, is Hayes. I've seen I, some clips of him in Philly and some of the goals he scored here. It's like, that dude can fire it, too. But, like, they all pass him up for for, for passes. Hey, and it's ridiculous. Hayes is an enigma for me. Uh, he can look really good. On a shift and another shift, he can look like he can't handle the puck worth of shit. Uh, yeah. And it's and he's slow, so that doesn't help him in in some areas. But uh, yeah, he sometimes he just looks like he can't handle it at all. It's like he's uh, it's like a hot potato out there on the ice. It's it's crazy. But then he'll 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 recover and uh, make a fantastic play. It's so weird. Yep. How yeah, he's, he's up and down. He's a poor man's Joe Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> Low, but strong as an ox. Yeah, and, and yeah. has has you know above average hands. Just can't string you know games together. Uh, Bennington stopped uh, twenty eight out of thirty one, and the power play was over two for St. Louis, which I mentioned. I mentioned uh, Toronto was also over two, so the PK uh, played well for the Blues, not allowing a goal. So. And I guess our uh, next segment is uh, Bill Day's Save of the Week, Volume 2, I guess. We do volumes here? (laughs) Yeah, sure. We can do volumes. Volume 2. So Take her away, Bill. Kurt, turn off your mic. Here we go. Yeah, Volume 1 was all about Joel Hofer against the Kings. And Volume 2 is Jordan Bennington against Nick Robertson. Um, so as we talked about, um, as we get into the clip, um, this is, uh, a, a, another, um, head scratcher of a defensive effort by, uh, Kessel and Krug, um, you know, Bill, I'm going to interrupt you. Can you go full screen bottom, right? Third one from the right. There you go. There you go. Is that working for you better? <laughs> Much better. I'll shut up now. All right. So on this play, you have Max Domi splitting Kevin Hayes and uh, Matt Kessel for a stretch pass. Great reception along the boards by Bertuzzi. And what the hell is Tori Krug doing here? Collapsing to cover for Matt Kessel, uh, but leaving Robertson exposed, right? Wide open. The save is a thing of beauty, right? It's, it's similar to what we saw with uh, Hofer last week uh, against the Kings, the, the strong push 
from Bennington uh, going from from his right to his left, picking up that, you know, he, he's seen this shit before with this defense in front of him, you know, that they're covering the wrong guy and, and exposing somebody uh, coming back. Um, that push is is great but really the key to this and as as we get into this right there watching that he keeps he's he's pushing across but he doesn't go flat he pushes and extends the knee up the glove up he leads with the glove i should have said that leads with the glove keeps the knee up and gets across great save you know, again, a, a situation where you know the shot comes back into the body. If Robertson takes a one timer instead of cradling and throwing the wrist shot, probably much better uh, chance that this goes in. But man, great, great push, great form by Bennington. It hurts my abs just thinking about <laughs> how much went into him pushing and keeping his body up and taking out the center of the net, you know, again, it, it comes down to multiple factors, but that's, you know, the, the, the forward shooting back across the grain rather than taking a one-timer and trying to snipe upper glove, um, you know, but that's, that's, that's modern goaltending. It's playing the percentages. It's covering as much of the middle of the net as possible on a scramble situation like that. Great save by Jordan Bennington. I like your comment about Krug. Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, what are you doing? Right. I mean, I get, I get what he's doing. I guess he's trying to cut off the uh, cut to the middle, but I don't think that play was there for him. And uh, he leaves that guy exposed no. behind him. Woof. Yeah, yeah. No, he is he is desperately trying to make up for his partner's gaff. And uh, yeah. yeah, as uh, as uh, thirty seven put in the chat earlier, uh, let me know when you find a good defenseman. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, I, that, I agree, man. It was less than stellar when the play was happening in real time. I saw Krug's head like completely. It was like he forgot. Oh yeah, I'm the other defenseman. You mentioned he, you know, was maybe filling in for the other defenseman's gaff in Kessel, but it's like. It's, there's a point where he's looking only at the puck carrier, and I'm just like, no, no, what are you doing? Look at the trailer. There's always a trailer. This is the <laughs> NHL. And he just went straight to Bertuzzi, left wide open for Robertson. And and you got to think, as great as a save as that was from Bennington, if he's a righty, that's a one-time, over-the-arm, you know, right under the bar goal for Toronto. Luckily, Robertson's a lefty and he had to cradle and then shoot. Gabe Bennington a little bit of Wait. time to come over and get the shot. It stopped the shot. If he's a righty, it's a one timer. No, I yeah. I think I think it's an easier one timer for a lefty. Yeah. But I think uh, really I think oh, the, yeah. the righty the righty probably cradles that longer and brings it back across the green and lets Bennington slide out of position. Yeah, that Robert's, one. That one. That, uh, yeah, taking a as a righty, taking a pass across your body for one timer. That's that's always been difficult for for me. Let's take a look, here? another look here. Oh, yeah, coming left side. No, I I yeah. think as a righty, you just you receive that pass in one motion and you get a good shot off. 
No, the lefty has much, the one timer. Much easier for a lefty to get a one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Disagree. Yeah. Disagree. No, you're wrong because <laughs> you're getting the you're getting the pass across no. your body and then you take the shot. A, a pass across your body is a difficult one timer. What are you talking yeah. about? No, it's not. not yes, it is. Like not on a play like that. Yes, it is. Letting that puck come across your letting that puck come across your body the from the right side all the time, and I'm a lefty. It is easier to take a shot from your uh, your offside. It's easier to corral. You can corral the puck if and the, shoot. The, not a wind up a one timer. If it's a, I'm not saying wind up. It's it. I'm saying you just take the wrist shot. It hits your stick and you oh, shoot okay, it right well, away. Okay, so a wrist shot or a one timer? What are we talking here? That's different. I'm, you said wind up. I'm not. I said one time. We said we said one timers. I'm talking about a one timer. One timer is a snapshot, slap shot, not a wrist shot. It's it's a shot. It's the minute it hits your stick, you're shooting it. A one timer is a wrist shot, as a slap shot, snap shot, wrist shot. It's not, not a, a slap shot. I'm saying a, you're okay. They receive a pass. Bill, the minute it's on their stick, they're shooting it. That's what I'm saying. A wrist shot. It, it, <laughs> I. I am disappointed in you, Jeff. <laughs> what? What? Bill, help me out. Yeah, no. A one timer you want coming into you as a righty there, it, like you're, you know, Robertson didn't need. It's. I think it comes down to you know, it was it was a bad pass from Sorry. from Bertuzzi that didn't allow the one timer right it, or not not that it wasn't a bad pass it wasn't a perfect pass so robertson couldn't one time it but the one timer there is for a lefty not a righty there are few That's players great. few it, players pass, in wrong. the world that would be able to one time a shot coming no across it, no Jeff, absolutely I, not I, you guys need to get back on the hockey no. ring no okay i i yes. think i think you're explaining I think you're thinking one timer as as something that's not a snap or a slap shot. You're thinking one timer as grab and shoot. Okay, don't go anywhere. And and a wrist shot. I never in you you don't <laughs> one timers are not wrist shots. One timers are. Okay. I've got a left handed stick here. Okay, I've got a left handed yeah. stick. If I'm receiving a pass, God, it's really hard to do this in frame. If I'm receiving a yeah. pass. And it's coming across my right. body. The minute it hits my blade, I can just snap it to the net. And if it's on the other side, I've got a cradle for a second and then shoot. No, you don't and have to do either one. It's across your body and it's a perfect pass. No. You can one-time that way easier when it's across your you, body. You, wrist shots are not one-timers. You're, you're, you're using the wrong lingo. I'm not talking about wrist timer, wrist shot. I'm talking about wrist you timer. get the puck on your stick and you whip it at the net right away. That's what I'm saying. It's not a slap shot every time. It, I didn't say every time. I said a one timer is a snapshot slap shot. A, 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 otherwise, I'm saying the, you snap it the minute it hits your no stick. There's no cradling. No cradling on the play. And, and the reason why Robertson didn't score here was it, because he cradled. And it's it would be, I I think a righty has a better angle with a better pass, but they're not, yes. they're not going to one time it. They are going to cradle it and try to probably push off back to the right and go upper glove. Anytime that shot, if it's comes a perfect, any- if it's a perfect pass, that is a one timer for a righty, but it has to be perfect. 
Anytime it's the puck comes across your body, it's never an easier shot ever. Much more difficult. For disagree. Any, anytime. Let's get let's get on the rink sometime, Kurt, and I'll feed you a couple one-time passes, and you tell a, me from each side. I'm a forward. I've been, I've been in that position plenty of times. I know, okay. and I still play. I'm telling and you. I'm and I'm telling you. Anytime the puck comes across your body, <laughs> if I'm a righty from left to right, anytime that happens, it's always a harder shot than it is if that puck is right. coming from my right to my. I'm a righty. If it's coming from this way, it's so much easier than to wait for that puck to come across my body. It's much easier to snap, slap, wrist, whatever, to grab and fire that when it's coming from this way. Disagree. Let's let's get a hockey ring together sometime. What, what do you want to? And we will practice. What do you, what do you, <laughs> and I and I and I and I guarantee you, you're gonna get out there and you'd be like, "Oh no, I was talking about this." And I'm like, "No, that's not what I was talking about." I won't. We can record it, and I don't care. I'll, I'll wear a lapel mic. Bring the bring the GoPro. Do it. I. I've got it. We can do it. I'm I'm down. Let's do I, I am, it. I am I'm shocked you. that you think this. I am shocked. I'm not shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm not. <laughs> I'm telling you, I when I when I play, I take one timers from my offside way easier than I do when it's on my my right side, correct side. I, I don't see how that's well, okay. Then then you're uh unusual because that's not the I norm guess. for most people. All right. <laughs> I'm going to find video evidence to prove that I'm correct. But that's for another time. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, oh. final score Minnesota three, Arizona one. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the third goal was a uh, kind of an own goal by uh, Vamelka. Um, and uh, made the save on Boldy. And uh, as he tried to adjust, to uh, cover the, you know, cover the puck and and center himself, he kicked it into his own net, and uh, Boldy acted like it was a super talented play. I hate that. Um, so the initial trade deadline, uh, March eighth. Uh, I guess we can start talking about what the Blues may or may not do. Uh, currently, in the standings, the Blues are in the second wild card spot in the West, fifty eight points. Uh, two points ahead of Nashville. Uh, the Blues do have a game in hand on them. Uh, and they're uh, three points ahead of uh, Calgary, also with a game in hand on them. Minnesota, who just won now, they have, I guess, 57. So they're one point behind the Blues with two more games played. I assume this is not updated. It just ended. So, uh, probably either not. way, Blues are right now second wildcard spot. Uh, and I guess you put this in here, Jeff. Uh, players reporting the block. Uh, Chris Tanev, uh, Noah Hannafin, Sean Walker, uh, Adam Henrique, uh, Tarasenko, uh, Gensel, Lawton, uh, Jake Allen, Chikrin. Uh, Chikrin's always in the news for being moved. I, I just threw Jake Allen in there for fun, yeah. by the way, because <laughs> he is actually on the trade block, apparently. Well, but another, honestly, that another is comparing with losing eight, though. No. Yeah, no. No, it's almost $4 million, Almost. No. Yeah, as as a drunk blues fan, I see. Uh, let's get the let's get the uh, band back together. Four pieces from <laughs> the uh, 2019 run, right there. Oh yeah, bring them all back. And hey, former number one pick Eric Johnson. Why not? Yeah, get him back too. Redemption <sighs> story. That's right. Joel Edmondson, Pat yep. Maroon, Matt Dumba. Uh, a lot of names there. 
I don't, I don't see the blues requiring anybody of significance. I mean, I can, no. I can, I, I say this confidently now, pretty confident. And that's going to be the case, you know, a month from now or whenever it is, a few weeks from now, uh, that I just, they're, I think they know what this team is and they're about where they expect it to be. And I don't think they want to give away anything for a short, unless it's a hockey move, right? right? Like they always say, like if it's, if it's to make this team better now and in the future, great, great. Do it always, but right. nothing, I, nothing rental. Uh, that's any significant salary or, mm-hmm. or that require any uh, uh, significant prospects or anything. No. Right. And I don't, I don't see there being a, a really good hockey move here at this point. If Snugger goes pro after the world junior and was here lighting it up, Cairo becomes a little more expendable. You could possibly see something um, to, to move for, you know, one of these uh, longer term uh, defensemen, but no, it, it's, there's, you know, they're not even going to, be able to add anything that's like a five percent Ryan Miller type move. Uh, oh, speaking of um, the Ryan Miller move, I, yeah, that was that was a uh, th- there was something on Twitter about that. Uh, what was that? Did you see that, Jeff? Uh, about the the it was a question about what was your uh, no, oh that that, that was that was his thing about you know what the uh, the uh, it was on Reddit, yeah. right? Was it Reddit? The thing I posted yeah. in our chat. Yeah, that that could be a great segment for a future show. Yeah, there was there was a great question posted on Reddit, the Blues channel. Uh, what is your worst Blues take of all time? Oh yes, and I yes. think right. I think we should, I think we should save that. I think that is an excellent yeah. long discussion we could have yeah. on this show. Yeah, that'd be that because we've had some bad. Oh ones. yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't think of any right off the top of my head, but I know I've had a bunch. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and, and like in that thread, you know, and again, well, we don't need to get into this now. People were saying Jay Bomeister, people saying how bad he was. And I'm like, he, he was, was bad. bad. Yeah. Like, it's not that he all of a sudden was like, oh, everyone's realizing how good right. he was. No, he was awful. Yeah, right. And then he got better right. because he got his injury problem fixed. Same thing can be said about Colton Borrego. Yeah. And I think I I saw somebody responded with uh, I love the Ryan Miller trade at the time and I and I was like I did too, I I, I and yeah. I we I remember talking about this with Bill because uh, I know Bill was a uh, a Halak guy and he I didn't want to he wanted Halak to be playing, and uh, I was of the opinion that I wanted Elliot to play and if you weren't going to play Elliot then you know uh, I love the Miller acquisition didn't work out. <laughs> Didn't work out. Yeah, my I, my dad. I remember he was he texted me when he heard and he said, "This is the final piece. The Blues are winning the cup this year." And boy, was he wrong. <laughs> I mean, um, real quick with so with this, um, I didn't put it in here, but there's been you know the TSN insiders and shit. They're posting all the um, uh, uh, you know their their you know top twenty trade targets for the trade deadline. Uh, you know what names have come up a lot for the Blues? Huh. Marco Jacob Verana, which, okay, <laughs> that, yeah. Kasperi Kapanen, yeah. But the number one, and this guy even made the top 10 for TSN, Pavel Buchnevich. Really? See, okay, see, I, I, I had a conversation with somebody about Buchnevich. That's interesting to me because he's got 
uh, what, two years left. I think two yeah, years. Two, two yeah, two on his contract. So, and he's a bargain player right now. So, you know, he's making like, five, was it five something? So I, 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 I don't understand, unless you, unless you get a lot for him, like, again, that makes your team a lot better now and in the future, I'd trade anybody. But two years left on the contract, he's a bargain player. Why would you move him now? You don't have to. The Blues want to make the playoffs this season. So moving him would hurt that. It hurt their chances of making the playoffs. So I, I, I don't – someone brought this up. Was it uh, Elliot Friedman or somebody? Uh, some Somebody brought it up. Some big name brought yeah, it up. Yeah, I – and I was like, was I don't. A TSN guy. I yeah, I don't get it. I don't get. And surely it's speculation because this doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, if you sit down and really think about it, um, I know that they said, well, they can't afford to pay him when his contract's up. That may be true, but there's no reason trading right now, right? Because he's a next year deal makes yeah, much yes. more sense. Yes. Because then, because then you can see where the, this team might be in a different position next season. Maybe they won't do it next season either. Maybe this team is way better next season. Maybe they're challenging for the division and they want to keep their assets. And maybe they let him walk, you know, because they want to make a run. Yeah, that's my thought. If if this was a full rebuild, you know, if this was like Armstrong came out after the Baruby firing and he's like, "We just need to go full rebuild. We need to get a young coach in here." We're going to trade off assets. Okay, I get that. Get what you can at the deadline if if something good comes up. But this isn't a full – again, this isn't a full rebuild. Look, this team's in a playoff position. They're expected to still be there next year and the year after that. Why get rid of Buchnevich now? It doesn't make any no, sense. Especially if he's – I mean, I, I maybe I understand it if he makes a lot of money, but he's a bargain player. You know, you're trying to dump salary. That, that would at least be a reason. I don't understand – you know why you would move him now that I, I have not the only reason that people give is well you can't afford him when his contract's up that's not for two years so yeah i i don't I, he's not going he's not and who's going to he's say not, he's not being moved who's to say those do, you might have been able to move one of those defensive contracts and the cap's only going to go up right. from here I, we've, so who's to say you can't we've afford? talked about this a lot that, that uh, way too many fans make the mistake of looking two and three and four years down the road and want to make a trade now uh, because they can't afford this guy when these other contracts come up to to renew two years from now. When that's what we want to we want to renew those guys and not this guy. You cross that bridge when you come to it. You don't you don't make that move way too early and blow your load <laughs> before you before you uh, have to because, like you said, things can happen. You could uh, you could lose the guy to long-term IR. You could, you know, it could be, his career could be over. You could, uh, somebody could approach you and say, Hey, I want to, we want to acquire Krug and Willie was no trade. He, as he says, yes, he's gone. That's there's money. I just, it, there's all kinds of things that can happen. I, trading a guy now because you can't afford him in two or three years. It's like the Chicago situation with Panarin when they, when they traded him two years early, I was like, that's weird. Um, but you know, whatever I, uh, he's not he's not being moved. There's not a chance, I don't think. Well, is there anyone on this list? Like it, again, I think everyone on this list that we've named all have a one year contract or are done at the end of this year in their contract. I'm on the boat again, like you said, Kurt. I'm willing to make a hockey sure. trade. If it's like I love hockey trades, you're trading Buchnevich or you're trading let's just say Pareko to appease the Toronto fans, whatever it is. 
but you're making a trade that's going to make you better next year and into the future, sure, make the trade. But if you're looking for a rental player, not a fan of that. The only thing that I was looking at possibly for the Blues uh, to, to get better, to bolster up, that's not just a hockey trade, would be getting Phil Kessel. And we'll talk about that in a minute. I thought maybe that's the one avenue they'll go to try and get one more guy in here that can fill out that top six. But in terms of getting a rental player, I just think that is completely out of the cards for the Blues. Yeah, I, it, it doesn't. It wouldn't make any sense, and it, and it would be totally something that Armstrong. It'd be out of character for him to do that with yeah, this agreed. where this team is. Yep. Um, so I want to I want to um, walk back my argument earlier a little bit. I have I have I have thought about it. <laughs> you um, mean the the one timer? The one timer. <laughs> I think depending on the position the player is in. It is easier to either receive it across the body or like we saw kind of in the Toronto game, the, the clip we talked about. I just, okay, looking at the replay now, Robertson just wasn't in a good position to take the one-timer. If he's standing and he's waiting, that could have been a perfect one-time pass. But he's rushing in. He's trying to get the shot off quick. It's hard to do that when you're rushing in the way he was. But Yes, I, I, I will walk back what I said. I was wrong. I'm willing to admit I, that. But there are times a perfect pass across. <laughs> there is a there is a time when a perfect pass across the body is on the tape and it's perfect for a one timer. It's just I was wrong. I didn't explain myself I, I correctly. Think, I think also too probably the angle of uh, where the puck's coming from. Like if it's coming directly to your from your left. You know, and it's like you got to look like 90 degrees and it's coming this way, like across your body this way, probably a whole hell of a lot harder than no coming way. from yeah. 45 degrees. Right. If it, So you got yeah. a better look at it. So I guess also yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't n- negate any uh, cross body uh, reception of a pass. It, it, the angle depends on it uh, greatly yeah. on the actually. If, so let's say like the guys in the uh, on the red goal line. And then you're in the slot. There's a good opportunity for a cross the body sure, pass sure. that's right on the tape for a one So yeah, and I, I think I just w- w- well, when I was thinking cross the body, I was thinking more, more directly to your left, not immediately, yeah. but pretty close. Um, on a two on one situation, for example, um, where you're yeah. where you, with the putt, the pat, the putt might be coming. You know, I don't know how to describe it, but not from an angle, a forty five, but more like a a 90 or a, or whatever. So anyway, well, there you go. I admitted full, uh, you know, so. and I, and I, and I was, I probably didn't, uh, uh, I was probably being too, uh, too, too just, much of a blanket statement too, with my across the body too. Me too. Me too. We were both blanket statement. Bill, uh, was probably the only one that was kind of being making sense. Uh, we just, <laughs> we just want to argue sometimes. Uh, fun. Two, two guys taking a position and defending it with their lives. No, nah, <laughs> they're never going to be wrong. <laughs> Uh, oh, we got uh, we got a couple of questions here. I'm going to pull this up and not even uh, read it first. How about that? Uh, Patrick uh, Yoder says, uh, hey, guys, been listening on, on my dog walk. Been wanting to ask to you, is Nathan Walker a pleasant surprise, a stopgap, a dependable standby, or nothing special? Uh, I think we're all Walker 
fans here, I, right? I, like we don't. I like Walker. I don't. I don't think he is anything yeah. that's going to be long term here necessarily. I, but I, I like. I think he is what we expect him to be. I think he's a guy that fills in. Uh, he's not the greatest option, but I think he's a. He's one of those hardworking players that, uh, you know, that he, likes to hit Ryan Reeves and uh, take him down. But he's he's yeah, that was a great yeah. He's more of an identity guy than Verona was, and Verona supplanted him on this team. When when we got Verona in here, it was you know that was why Walker started down in the A this year. He's a hard um, worker. He's, he works hard. He's, he is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He's a a heart and soul kind of guy. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and he's, I, I want to see him here. Um, you know, to me, he, he and Charlie Lindgren are, are kind of the same cloth. Um, just want, want to see them do well. And, uh, you know, he's, he, you know, shown flashes uh, of, of brilliance can play up a little bit if we need him to, but he's just much, just a consistent guy. Um, I think, you know, I, I think he is, he stabilized the roster um, where it's like, you know, when, when Verano was here, we kept asking ourselves, when's this guy going to show up? Right. We know what we're going to get from, from him. Night I was just going to say that, you know what you're going to get. And I think that's, that's uh that's a big deal. Right. Some players are up yeah. and down. Like Verano is a great example. You know, somebody did disappear. I don't think walk river disappears on the ice. You know, no. he's out there. He, he, well, he'll, he'll play up sometimes. Like he'll be like, Oh my God, this dude's just offensively. Where did this come from? But then he doesn't like slump back down to nothing. Like he's still providing an energy on that fourth line that you always need. Speaking of which too, the hit on Reeves, which was fantastic in the Toronto game. Uh, yeah. uh, people are giving Reeves shit for that. And I'm like, I don't understand. I don't either. I, they're saying, well, because Reeves had just said, you know, bring, you know, make hockey violent again. Basically, is what he said. I think that, I'm not sure if those were his exact words. Yeah, I think those okay. were his exact words. And which I, you know, I think a lot of people can get behind that sentiment. But I think Ryan Reeves also has his haters too. For because I, I think mm-hmm. he's he's near the end of his career. Uh, so he's not as effective as he used to be in his role, and his role has diminished uh, because there's not a need for that type of player necessarily anymore. So, but there, may, someone was making fun of him for. You know, oh, the guy who just says make hockey violent again gets wiped out by uh, by Walker, and I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Uh, yeah, Reeves should. Be- if anything, it proves his yeah. point, right? I mean, Reeves got Reeves got up and and continued to play. He didn't bitch or whine about anything. I mean, he was. I don't know what he was. I don't know what that those comments were. It was a great hit. I think Reeves would tell you it was a good hit, right? So I mean, yeah, I don't know. That was that was weird. Yeah, I, I just think people try to find ways to villainize certain players. Reeves is one of those because he's kicked a lot of and ass he's also in his days. plays for Toronto, and yeah. if you're not a Toronto fan, you kind of hate Toronto, typically, right? So yeah, true. That's that that plays into it. And he's not getting much playing time in Toronto. And he, he, t- he talks a big game, and he's not dressed as much yeah, as he used to. So. It is funny how, like, you any kind of hit at all in a Toronto game, you always hear from him. And it's like... You know, the media seeks him out like, hey, we just saw, you know, we're about Morgan Riley here in a second. Yeah. They asked him right away. What would you think of that? You know, and it's like they always go to him because they want him to, like, comment on hits and violence. He's a good soundbite. 
and all yeah. that. And it's and it's like, yeah, he's a great soundbite. I, I I know as a uh, as a former <laughs> that's media right. Manager, that's um, right. That's right. I've got some good <laughs> good Ryan Reeves stories uh, because he was an amazing dude. He was so awesome in the locker room, and um, yeah, I. But yeah, I I just think people want to hate him just because of the type of player he is and the shit he kind of talks. Uh, so I guess we can uh, go ahead and skip. To, oh, uh, next up for the Blues, uh, Thursday versus Edmonton, Saturday versus Nashville, which to me is the biggest game of the season so far. Uh, and then Monday versus Toronto again, which uh, depending on how Saturday goes, Monday could be a big game. So I think I haven't officially decided, but I think I'll be taking my son to his first game of the season, uh, Monday versus Toronto. We're both off school and work, so it could be fun. The noon starts. What is Monday? It's it's President's Day. Uh, President's Day. Day. I'm not off for that day. My kids Mm. are. I'm not. Uh, Bank holiday, I'm off. Mm. Good for everybody except for me. Uh, (laughs) Uh. Rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL. Uh, probably the biggest news story of the week: uh, Morgan Riley's cross check on Senators uh, Ridley Gregg. Uh, okay, so this uh, let's and I have my thoughts on this. I'm sure you guys have your thoughts. Uh, Greg takes a slap shot on an empty net. Not just a slap shot. It's he looks. He puts everything into it from about what ten feet out. Right. Right. He uh, he tickled the rafters. Yeah. Breakaway empty net goal. Yeah. He he. He wanted to make it known that he was sending this thing through the net, right? <laughs> uh, and so Riley for the Leafs uh, took exception. This was Ottawa versus uh, Maple, uh, Toronto. Riley took exception, uh, cross-checking Greg uh, after the goal and starting a dust-up between the two teams. Uh, there's some question of whether or not this cross-check was meant for the head, uh, went off his hand, kind of maybe it was grazed his shoulder and got him in the neck head, whatever. It's up high. Um, so, and Riley was suspended five games for the incident. He is appealing with Batman. Uh, and, uh, Greg says, I don't think you're ever expecting the guy to come across, to come across, check you in the face, but I'm also not sure he meant to do that. So first off your guys thoughts on the way he scored in the internet. Do you have a problem with that? There's a, there's a, I don't give a, a shit. Some no. people think there's a code. He was so, he was excited, man. Like that's to me, it's like you know, Ottawa sucks. They have <laughs> nothing to be excited about. Uh, and and you know, he's not a guy that goes and score. You know, if this was Tarasenko, I might be like, okay, man, what the hell? Like you've been there before. This is a fucking Greg is a nobody. You know, no offense to him, but you know, he's excited. It's damn, we just beat the fucking Toronto Maple Leafs, like. I'm excited. Our bench is excited. Our fans are excited. I don't have a problem at all with what he did. No. And if, if he misses, he looks like an ass, right? That's, that's, that's the only risk to this play. What, what I pose, the question I pose here is, was this worse than Sammy Blay ripping a clap bomb on the breakaway against (laughs) an injured Ben Bishop? Like to me, to me, the code people should have been up in arms over that, right? Especially, especially goalie guys who say, "Oh, there's a code. You you can't do that, right?" Bishop Bishop was injured after that Pareko shot, and 
Blake comes in on the breakaway and winds up and scores, right? That like that's that's the last like out of place slap shot that I can think of. And I thought it was brilliant. I, I think you know, from <laughs> okay. that, that was that was strategy for Greg. It's just who cares? You're who cares how you score under the empty net? I okay, I Bill knows the kind of player I was, and this is something that I would Dick. have done. Yes, uh, yeah, I, I was on the bench one time and I threw my glove at a guy on a breakaway. Um, so yeah, but anyway, uh, I I don't have a problem with what Greg did, but I understand Toronto being pissed off by it because to me, if I'm on Toronto, you know, uh, we just essentially, we just lost the game, right? Empty net goal. Uh, they solidified it. And it's, it's not just Ottawa winning. It's them. It's them winning. Greg saying, fuck you. We won. So, that to me is is more of a message to Toronto saying, "Ha ha, fuck you, we just beat you." So I think, which I'm fine with that, as long as you're ready for the repercussions of what you just did. Right. So but the repercussions and, shouldn't I, be a cross check. No, no. Yeah. I get that. Greg even said. Yeah, I'm getting that. I, I, a cross check to the head was the wrong. And uh, and if it was meant for the head, whatever, it's still high. That was the wrong response. Um, people were comparing it to Dale Hunter on Turgeon, which I don't think is no. comparable at all. Not, <laughs> no. not at all. Um, no. Because, you know, uh, Turgeon was unsuspecting, first of all. Greg saw this coming. Uh, he put his hands up even. Um, and Turgeon didn't uh, poke the bear. Greg poked the bear. I mean, you can say what you want about not caring about how he's scoring type of net. That's fine. But he did it with authority you're 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 poking something you know you're you're it's not you're you're, you're sending a me- it's a it's a message of sorts whatever you're excited i get it um but uh toronto absolutely i think was fair to respond not in that way though right you know, you, you pick it yeah, different way I, if you watch the body of of riley i think it's just kind of like a all right come here fucker and he's just like go to cross check him I don't think he meant to get him in the face at all. I think it was just unfortunate. It was a happenstance, as they call it. You know, just it happened. It was a circumstance. Shit happens. I think, and I think Greg went down a little easy too. I, he was he was fine. I mean, he was fine. And Tershawn was hurt, gone for the playoffs. Right. And and yeah. uh, 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 Greg was, or, uh, uh, yeah, Greg was fine. So that's that's also a difference. You know, Hunter got was it twenty games, twenty three games, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he got, he got it was more. 20, 20 something. Uh, and so Riley gets five. So the, I mean, the, the outcome of it matters. I know that a lot of people disagree with that, but it does matter to the league. So that's right. what it is. It's well, in the CBA. That's what it is. So, but so, yeah. so Jeff brought up happenstance. Happenstance to me is Sammy Blay, um, you know, against Jordan Harris. Right. That, that is happenstance where Harris falls. Right. And it's it's a complete accident. I think Morgan Riley was stuck in two minds. You know, am I going to fake him or am I actually going to do this? And he followed through with it and got him up high. I think a a better response is to get in his face mm-hmm. and, sure. you know, cut it, cut it down to where nobody can see you. And a little none. No, I was going to go cup check. Right. Get get oh, your stick. I'll say glove, not glove. a spear, but you know, <laughs> get your stick under his jack and pull. Right, yeah. 
from close in. What, That's what send if, the message that way. What if Greg had missed? That, now that so so then how, Patrick Stefan writes him a love yeah, so, letter. So then how do you, <laughs> so then how do you look at the situation? Now all of a sudden, oh, Greg's a fucking idiot mm-hmm. because he missed. Yeah, I so, I would so, I would love that. Because, you know, then the senators players are coming over and kicking his Well, ass. the thing is, too, is that, you know, I mean, you could on one hand just say, you know, uh, love it with emotion, all that stuff. And, uh, and but then if he misses, it's like, ah, oh, you fucking moron showboating, showing off, you know, just just put it in the net like a normal person. Don't go showboating. It's like, God, that would have been hilarious. I'm, I'm like, well, it's it, I think the same people that are were perfectly fine with what he did may have been saying uh, he shouldn't have done that if he missed. So that's so you got to make it if you do this. You can't miss. I'll say uh, you know talk about code. The thing that I so what I would have been more upset with, and let's just say it's Morgan Riley because he obviously was closest. Let's say it's Ridley uh, Ridley Gregg is coming in on Morgan Riley one on one, no goalie. He winds up and takes a high slap shot on an empty net and Morgan Riley's right in front of him. That is a situation where I'm like, Morgan Riley should drop his gloves and beat his fucking ass. That is more of a code issue to me than just taking a slap shot on an empty net because no one wants to block a fucking slap shot in the face with 10 seconds left on an empty net. Like that to me would be the bigger issue. Probably depends on like where the shot's coming from and how far out, but still I get you. Uh, The, yeah. And, or could you be like Tory Krug and um, you know let the kid get the hat trick with the you know not, hey, not hustling to, back to uh, I mean he hustled he hustled he, hustled he had a chance to stop that puck he was I, already reaching down for the puck to give it to the kid in Krug's defense that was a hell of a bank oh, off no, it, it I was, don't even think he you, meant to do you that give him you give the kid credit <laughs> I, I think to me whether he meant it or not Tory Krug did the right thing. Uh, Patrick Yoder says, uh, Greg had something coming. Oh, and, um, and that's, and that's the way I feel, you know, something I, meaning I not agree. a cross check to the head, but yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I, I could see that, you know, you take a slap shot on the net. You're basically like you said, in a way saying, fuck well, you to Toronto, not just a slap shot. He put everything he had into it. It was, and from yeah, close in, <laughs> yeah. it was, he wanted like, to put it through I get, the net. I get, you need the minute you do. It's, it's like when you lay a dirty hit on someone. You know, you need to turn around and be ready. Like somebody is going to come kick. Actions ass. have consequences. So, so yeah. Yeah, and I think when he does that, he needs to be ready. Okay, Maple Leafs are going to be pissed about this. Uh, I thought this was fascinating. That that the that the whole online discussion, the both the, the varying different opinions and discussions on it. Uh, that was, uh, I love sports for this particular scenario. Just right. the discussion and, surrounding it. It's interesting to me. And, and, you know, from from the guys on the bench perspective, right, you had to think that at some point Greg's had this conversation with somebody, oh, if, if I'm that close in late in the game, I'm, I'm clap bomb the whole way, right? And <laughs> it's like you get egged on to do it. And, yeah. yeah. I think, you know what, I think a scenario in which this doesn't elicit a – a uh, an attack on the shooter uh maybe uh game seven of a playoff series empty nut goal to, to solidify it and putting it in that way i don't think 
it elicits that kind of response because of the the moment the yeah, moment is well, bigger. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, well, that and I think the other team is they're not angry; they're more sad and upset. Yeah, but maybe. But I, I just think the moment being bigger. Um, it was so much more emotional, probably than a regular season game. You know, I think that's that's different. It's different to me. I think that's a that's a more acceptable scenario for that to happen. I guess maybe. I don't know. You know what? I've I've decided I've I have a different take on this. This is all Ryan Reeves' fault. <laughs> yes, he called for hockey to be more violent, and Morgan <laughs> Riley delivered. Yeah. Um. No. Good stuff, though. Uh, Phil Kessel, which we talked about earlier, to begin working out in Abbotsford, uh, the HL affiliate of the Canucks. He's 36 years old, 36 points for the Golden Knights last season. Uh, 36 hot dogs for lunch yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Played for uh, Vancouver coach Rick Tockett in the past. Um, Tockett said, uh, yeah, uh, Jim uh, Rutherford, the Vancouver president of hockey operations, last couple of weeks was talking to his agent, uh, Kessel's agent. He is going to go down there and skate for two or three days. We'll see how he is down there and reevaluate from there. So his record of 1,064 consecutive games played is considered active, which is weird to me. Yeah, I was going to say that because how many times have we seen like like scoring? Again, we've talked about the scoring between yeah, seasons. Like, oh, we don't count 50 for 50 if it's not at the start of the year. Well, why the fuck not? Yeah, you got to be wanted. 50 is great. Be, I mean, it, not being wanted by a team to start the season should affect your streak of playing games. <laughs> and it's like uh, Andrew Cagliano had the, the great streak before the NHL gave him a bogus fucking suspension. I don't know if you guys remember that. And it's like, okay, so suspensions count against your active game streak, but not being wanted by a team doesn't? Like, that's very odd. Yeah. Uh, but either you, way. You want um, I mean, if he doesn't go to Vancouver, I was going to say, Kessel? he's not signed. So there's a, I think there's still a good chance that another team could be like, well, fuck it. We want him. So it doesn't mean Vancouver officially has him. It just means he's working out right now with the Vancouver affiliate. Right, right, right. I, I would take him. Why not? Why the fuck not? Let's see what it's he's got. It's a low risk, high reward. He's going to play for the league minimum, right? So, I mean, yeah, probably. So, I mean, it's if you got the cap space, you know, it's not going to hurt. Well, and you figure too, I like, guess. let's say he plays for the Blues and he doesn't do much. Again, league minimum contract, maybe a team like Colorado or uh, Vancouver. You know what you do? Is like. Hey, we'll take him at the yeah. deadline for a fifth round. Exactly. Pick, you know? you're, then you get a fucking free draft pick. You're a you're a team. Any team could take him in that scenario. Give him a tryout of so many games, basically, right? And if he looks good, he's oh, he's playing all right. He could fill in somewhere for a team and help him a little bit as a depth player. Um, trade him at the deadline to somebody who might want him. So that's that's another. Yeah, that's the reason to get in now, I guess. Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. I'd take him, but it it seems like Vancouver's interested, which, I mean, why not? The guy's won, what, three? Three Stanley Cups? Two Stanley Cups? Uh, Is it three? It's two. Vegas and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, and Vegas. How did I forget Vegas? He's got three. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Vegas, yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, I think that uh, that about wraps up our shoe, unless you guys want to add anything. Um, just the the breaking news from oh, the athletic about right, the right. uh, we talked about a, a potential great um, winter classic between uh, Detroit and Columbus at 
the yeah. Ohio State University. It is going to be, it's going to happen, but it's going to be a stadium series game in 25, according to Athletic Tonight. That's interesting because I just heard that the 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 stadium folks were dead set against hosting an outdoor game. Yeah, that was weird. We talked about it literally yeah. last yeah. week, and that that just. Shows to go, yeah. Shows to go, yeah. That the right people in the NHL and apparently at Ohio, the The Ohio State, listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, yeah, so- no, that's interesting. Um, I, I think it's a good idea because I think it's a kind of a feeling out. Like if it does well, which I think it will, I think uh, that's a potential spot for a, for a future winter. It'll classic. be a cool picture, you know, that that stadium yeah. full, and Columbus gets an outdoor game. So yeah, good for them. Good for them. Finally, yeah. I think every team should get at least one just yeah, to see what yeah. it's like in their at least one home. And some of them haven't even had any, yeah. which is ridiculous. Yeah. Is what two, two or three? Well, after Columbus gets one, it'll be well, Columbus, uh, Arizona, Arizona, and Florida. Florida has Tampa. Yes, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, Tampa. Yeah. Tampa played. Um, wasn't it Nashville? In a stadium series game, I want to say at um, last year. Or Is that two right? Years ago. Dallas played Nashville. Nashville, in, in Nashville the, played uh, Dallas. Yeah, but I, I thought there was a stadium series game uh, that Nashville played in as well. Huh. Our uh, crack researchologist is looking it up right now. Is that is that me? Because that's what I'm doing. That's, that's, that's right. <laughs> that is you. <laughs> you didn't know you wore that hat on the show. Apparently, I do. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Tampa. You're right. Uh, 2022 at the Nissan Stadium in Tennessee. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, Nashville Predators. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't that the uh, the game they wore the Smashville jerseys? Oh, was it? Is that the game? They There's been so many outdoor games remember. now. They're all blurring together for me. Yeah. I know. I can't remember. I just remember the Winter Classic. I did not like hey, the Predators jerseys. Uh, we, uh, Baked Beaver, we did use Google. Thank you very much. This is a live show, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> this is a live show, and our producer stopped showing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, good for Columbus and uh, Detroit. I don't care about it. Um, they've had some, so, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it'll be fun. Go, go Columbus, I guess in this game, right? Uh, yeah, go Columbus. Uh, what's Perron's contract situation in Detroit? Is he up at, no, he's got another year after this one, right? I think he's got one year left. So he'll be there for it. Mm. Y'all got Google? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll, we'll say he does. Uh, we're going to close it out unless you want to. Rattle off what you're looking up, Jeff. Peron, uh, he's a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah. So why isn't he on the uh, available free agent? Because uh... I guess Detroit's going to want to hold on to him for the playoff run. Okay. Where are they? I've, I haven't checked the standings of Detroit if, in a while. If they yeah. fall out, the Blues better better make my prediction come true. If I guess they're going to try and make the playoffs with. Okay. So yeah, yeah. they're in the same spot the Blues are basically. Uh, second wild card. Two points ahead of uh, New Jersey, who were right behind them. Same amount of games played. That'd be a fun little race. All right. 
Uh, Let's Go Blues Radio has been brought to you in part by Rockin' That Idea Life. You can get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockin'thatidealife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Realtor Mike Burgoyne. Give Mike a call today at 314-753-4060. For all of your home buying and selling needs, that's 314-753-4060. That'll wrap up episode 19 of season 13 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you for Jet Ponder Bill Day and the producer Austin who was in the chat uh, for a moment, if you, know, if you saw that. <laughs> yes. I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. I can't quit you. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Let's go blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.